Welcome to Stories from Retirement, a new podcast that features long-form conversations with cool people who have been retired for at least one year. I'm your host, Drew, and I'm newly retired as of January 22. I spent a lot of time preparing, thinking about, and researching retirement. If you found this podcast, you're probably curious about retirement too. Unfortunately, I found that most retirement podcasts are really just thinly veiled attempts by money managers to get your attention for their services. My intentions for this podcast are simple. I want to have great conversations, learn about all aspects of life after working, and to share these stories with other people who are curious about what retirement is really like. Your feedback is welcome at storiesformretirement@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Welcome to episode one of Stories from Retirement, featuring my good friend, Andy. When I decided to start this podcast about retirement, the very first person I wanted to talk to was Andy for many reasons. First of all, he has tremendous energy and ambition. He's also very open and a great storyteller. I'm always amazed at how multidisciplined and curious Andy is as well. Finally, Andy's a positive force in the universe and quite literally full of love and joy. One of my goals as a podcaster is to learn, and I took away a ton of gems. I hope you do too. Thank you, Andy, for sharing and for being first. Before we get started, I'd like to describe the format of this podcast. Andy and I had a long three-plus-hour conversation on topics ranging from his childhood to his career to his thoughts on health, wealth, friends, and many other topics in retirement. I've decided to break up this conversation into two segments. Uh, The clip you're about to listen to will focus on Andy's thoughts on retirement. And I've also published a bonus clip that includes Andy's account of his life story and career. It's really a wonderful story, so please look out for that as well. Without further ado, please enjoy Andy's thoughts on retirement. Let's switch, if that's okay, to the transition to retirement. Sure. Um, I know for myself... Like, um, I'd been thinking about it for a long time. I wasn't ready to retire at 45 like you were. But once, you know, I kind of hit that age where, like, stock vested, it was really fun to just look forward to. I like having stuff to look forward to. So I wanted to think about it, percolate it. I planned quite a bit. There are quite a few things that um, I I didn't think about and um, have ready, but... I guess, you know, l- let me start with beyond the financial readiness, what what type of planning did you do for um, retirement? Did you think about how you'd spend your time or, you know, your health or these other topics that we're going to get into? Did you have a lot of that thought through or practiced, I guess? Um, so uh, let me just jump to the thing you said about 45. I was always yeah. uh, taught to set goals, right? Yeah. And uh, early on, uh, I, w- uh, I learned the a concept of being financially free, right? And like I said, it went all the way back to when I was, uh, you know, when I'd go to work with my grandpa, putting money away. And as you indicated, it was more than 10%. And that's the only way I was able to actually retire. But I kind of had the goal, and it was more of a, um, it was like a challenge. Hey, could I retire at 45 and have the rest of my life to do whatever I wanted to do? And it wouldn't, it didn't necessarily mean that I wouldn't be involved with other business ventures or things like that, but I could do what I wanted to do. Um, we had those tremendous years at Oracle and uh, I actually was pretty close to that time period. But as it turned out, 
one opportunity. I, I was really uh, off work for one summer from about July through September. And then that's when my friend approached me and said, hey, uh, I have the situation. Could you write my business plan? So I was kind of starting that consulting idea. And that okay. led and then, and then I told you the progression there. I, you know, I did that, and they, they liked what I did, so then they hired me on, and it wasn't really a lot of work for me, and I enjoyed it because it was something new, so I was learning new things. And then I, you know, then I ran into John and ended up at Microsoft. But um, those extra 10 years really did provide a lot of uh, financial stability. So was it 45? Was it 55? Not sure, but... Um, I think a lot You've heard of, of this whole um, fire movement, right? Financial independence, retire early, where people are retiring with a few hundred thousand dollars in their thirties and stuff. It's you I, heard of this? Uh, no, but I tell you what, they're not going to make it with a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I tell you that they're, much. They're not going to make it. Not no. going to make it at yeah. all because yeah. I mean, think about it now. What we've seen in the market. I mean, uh, Microsoft, which that was one of the fortunate things, as you know, Drew, is you know right. we we were blessed to get stock. Uh, from a phenomenal company that has grown substantially. Although there was, what, 10 years where it didn't go anywhere, but it finally did kick off. But, you know, from that stock, just to give you an idea and, and how you have to be prepared and, and diversified, but that stock was up at 350. And I'll tell you what I had to do. I actually ended up selling enough stock to live on this year and remodel my house down here at around 340. Could you imagine if I would, and I did that really because I didn't know what was going to happen in the market. I didn't know what was going to happen with capital gains. And uh, I also knew that uh, I I had enough income this year that I was already in a bracket that I might as well just maximize it so that next year where I knew I was going to have a lot less income, I didn't have to do it. So you purposely sold to reach the top of that particular tax bracket. I did. And so that this year I would not be in that, uh, that income level for not, for not only taxes, but for healthcare as well. And and we can go into that a little bit later on the, on the healthcare because I had to learn a lot of stuff about that. But yeah, the, the, um, the idea that I did that, but imagine if I would wait it. Here was here's Microsoft today at two eighty seven. That was a that right. would be a lot of money off the table that I didn't get. So the point is, you don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know what's going to happen in the times that you need it. So you need to be smart, and you need to. Uh, you know, you need to kind of plan ahead on yeah, that. Yeah, I like the idea of pulling a whole chunk out. We did that for our first year as well. I'm glad I did that because mm-hmm. um, I'm. You know, I. I try to look at the market just once a month. I don't know how often you look, but I try to just look once a month and it's 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 down quite a bit, you know. I I'm confident of fundamentals, but you you never do know, but um but back to kind of the transition there. So, um you know, I know you've been planning for quite a few years, yeah. right? And you're probably ready for quite a few years financially. Yeah. So that had to feel good. Yeah, but finan- what about everything else? Yeah, so you know, people always said, because, you know, as we set goals and talk about it, well, what are you going to do? Because most people right. think I'm going to at least work to 65. And I know people that love, especially doctors who really love what they do. Like my right. mom's yeah. doctor, we were just talking the other day, he's 75 years old. And you know what? His dad was my dad and my grandparents' doctor to give you a high, and, and they just come from very strong work work ethic family, but uh, 
Doctors I mean, work their tails off, and so do nurses and teachers. Yeah. And thank God for all of them. So the the yeah. advice that I was kind of get, given, and the doubts that I was given was, why aren't you going to be bored? Well, as you know, I I have many hobbies, and I will tell you, I, I have it right here, Drew. The day that you know I retired, I wrote down these categories. I wrote fitness, golf. Okay. Learning, spiritual, music, career, investments, and house. All right? Okay. And my goal, and then I had subcategories on there. So like for fitness, it was biking, weights, yoga, stretching, diet, right? Um, um, and so. So I, you had a written out plan. Of, oh, yeah. Of I, got, I got it right here. Yeah. This was the original right. paper. I never Sounds changed, like you've right? been following. That's really cool. I've got something similar I should yeah. I should show you. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of broke it off into um, areas that I've, I've, I've been doing that I want to keep doing, um, areas that uh, I, I haven't done ever in my life okay. that I want to try. Things that I used to do that I, I don't spend much time on that I want to put more time in. And then I also have a category of things I just want to stop doing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah. I felt like I was so overscheduled at work and I was always crunched for time. And I always, I always felt like, I think I hit it fairly well. Like I was kind of short with people. Like I need to get, keep going. here. <laughs> Let's get to it. You know, type thing. Yeah. Um, well, but that's great. Okay, so you so had, I made had a yeah, I, I made the list. Strong plan. I will tell you mm-hmm. some of the things I've done okay, and other things I haven't. It yeah. um, when you know the old saying, when you want something done, give it to a busy person, right? Right. The a busy person who can get things done always figures out a way to do it. The difference in retirement, and I remember a friend of mine telling me this. He goes, he goes, Andy. Going to the post office or going to the DMV or running to, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, that's your activity for the day. So You don't have to squeak it in. You don't have to squeeze it in. You can go when it's convenient for you. If it takes you an extra 10 minutes right. to get there because traffic's slower, you don't care. So your time is, is very much different. And yet there are days that are highly scheduled. I, example, today. Um, right. I was up at 6. I rode 33 miles. I came back. I started laundry last night. I had a fold of laundry. I have to pack. We're doing the podcast, which is two hours. I got to finish packing. I got to go to the airport. I think we're on an eight-hour pace, but this is going to be great. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I'm going, and I will get in. On the West Coast, you know, at one o'clock East Coast time, and I won't get to bed to two, and I'm going to wake up and and start the next day. So some days are, you know, are jam packed, but I don't have to do it. Where I wish I would improve a little bit is doing even a little bit of something every day. So like in learning, I put down learning Spanish. You know, I had a couple years of Spanish. I just think. and I've done Duolingo. It'd be so fun, especially in Florida, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so much Spanish um, there. And I thought, well, I could I, – I am terrible with any Apple computers. I thought, well, maybe I could learn how to do that. And the reason being is because if I get better with that, 
uh, it lends itself to my music thing because you do people do a lot of music and recording and stuff with that. So I thought there's something I could do. And, um, you know, I have been really diligent lately about practicing my guitar. Uh, I never, yeah, you're telling me that. Yeah. I never, ever let my, um, let my fitness go. I just, that's, 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 uh, that's my religion really. You know, I just have to stay in shape. I love that too. Yeah. I, I know there's limits to how much my body can take, mm-hmm. but, but I love that too. Um, you, you know, earlier you mentioned like you were taught at a young age to set goals. Right. You talked about how you set a goal for independence. Do you, do you have a goal for this next stage in your life, the retirement? Do you have an overall goal? So I do have an, uh, an overall goal for life, and that is uh, really to seek joy. I, I do a lot of, I did a lot of spiritual work um, just, just by way of introduction, if, if really anyone cares. But I was born uh, into a Jewish family. Uh, I was in an environment where I was around uh, at a young age, at six, where we moved from a, a predominantly Jewish neighborhood to a Christian neighborhood. So from the time I was six all the way through high school, I was immersed and my best friends were pretty much, you know, of of some Christian faith. Uh, In college, we we got exposed to a lot of different things. Uh, I read the New Testament and and started studying that. I got exposed to spiritualism. Uh, I won't go into the exact details of that uh, in terms of what it is, but when I was like 30, and so I studied, uh, and I was around a lot of martial arts, so I was in, in, introduced to Eastern philosophies. Um, but I am not what I would call a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. I do believe in a higher power, not necessarily the same uh, way as a Judeo-Christian background would have it, but right. I do believe in a higher higher power. And so, um, you know, that's where I kind of... Uh, came to the understanding that joy is the key to our existence. And so every minute of every hour of every day, if I can be joyful to whatever extent that means, then that's a good day. That, that's a blessed day. You and know it, what I mean? it resonates with other people. Exactly. Right? It brings joy to other people that way, right? Yeah, they, they, right. So they going vibrate ba- like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's kind yeah. of the law of attraction, which, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot. Uh, right. And I, I, I'm usually asked twice a year to speak at uh, some different things, which is one of the things I do like to do. But in terms of actual goals, um, uh, one of the biggest things is staying healthy. And as you know, you get older. The worst thing is you, you have one injury and it's, it's not you're good in two weeks. It's, it's hopefully you're good in three months. Like I was right. out west skiing and I tweaked my knee a little bit. You know, I'm still feeling it right now, and I keep wondering how badly did I tweak it, and I don't know. Have you been I, able I, I, to play pickleball and go side? To yeah, side well, well, I stuff? played pickleball three times in the last week, and I play and I've cycled. Okay, you're doing it. Oh, yeah, I've cycled over, you know, over a hundred and plus miles. Uh, I played golf three times, but I'm feeling it, and so the question is, is there something? actual wrong is my meniscus torn what's going on Mm. or is it just that it's going to take three months for that inflammation or that sprain to go away so so that is really a question i'm going to say for you for for fitness time on that but all right um because i wonder sometimes if i'm overdoing it i'll give you a little preview of the of the question there but let, let me let me shift gears um 
uh, tactically a little bit. So just like even the timing side, like um, do you think there's an ideal time of year, either fiscal year or calendar year to finish up? And then um, were there was there anything as you were kind of like uh, working on your transition that you – we're glad you did or forgot to do like I, I think of things like I boy I had to go through all my one note my contacts and my calendar and get all these stuff organized and get five years of office on my PC just silly tactical stuff anything that you forgot or were glad that you did and yeah I will say uh, there were some things that I did so you know it's interesting the way you you know, different people keep their computers, and I had I had one computer, so it was work and, and personal, and I had my my work email and I had my personal email. But there were there's a lot of times same. when things crossed over, right? You know, someone right. would send me something to you know at Microsoft.com, and uh, I probably wish I had a little bit more time to make sure that I got all of those personal things. What I because there's always something that you're like, where is that, right? I wish I could find it. It's not the end of the world. And the, the longer time goes on, the less it's important. It's almost like pictures. We take thousands of pictures now. You know, before you had it on your camera and you, had a, you physically had the picture in your hand and you would make memory books. You know, now we just snap the pictures. We snap three pictures of the same thing. And it's like, you know, should you go through that and, and, and make sure that you had all those? That, that's something I think that's important. Um, yeah, making sure you have the context, I think, is key. Uh, you know, doing the basics, which is setting up your trust. I mean, you're not going to be able to retire early. Let me rephrase. You need enough money to retire early that if you have that kind of money, you better have a trust. Because you're, right. you're just silly if you don't have your trust, your right. power attorney, and all that stuff. You spend the money, whatever that is. I don't care whether it's a family friend, you get it going. You know, I, at one point, I probably spent, I don't know, $3,000 or something setting yeah, that it was up. A, it was about 2000 for yeah. us to get that so, done. So it's important oh. that you do that because you've worked this hard. You cannot afford right. to lose it, right? Right. Okay. Um, so uh, Time of year, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so you were to plan that uh, out. It, it has to do with uh, two things, your company's fiscal year and the end of the calendar year. So there are certain things you can max out. You can max out your 401k if you're over, I don't know if it's 55 or 50, but you can do catch-up for IRA. Right. You can do catch-up for HSA. Um, there's company matching if you're fortunate like we were. Uh, where they'll match up to, well, when I did, it was like $9,500. Uh, so when I thought that things, you know, when I kind of saw where I was going and what was, you know, the writing on the wall, I made sure that I had maximized my 401k, maximized my ESPP. And what that meant, and this is really key, is that ESPP I is took, employee stock purchase, too. Yes, yeah. You get a thank discount you. on the employee stock, yeah. Right. Um, if you, that meant that I needed to have cash flow because I was not getting the cash flow from my paychecks because I was taking out as much as they would let me take out to get right. those things funded at the beginning of the year. I used up my flex spend. Uh, you use up your vacation. And there's different, there's different philosophies on that, whether you use your vacation or you get paid out on your vacation. So there's different ways you can go there. But my suggestion would be, if you, if you are in a position where you're planning your retirement, 
wait till you've done all that because that's one full year of stuff that you can never get back again, right? But you have to right. have you have to have set aside so the cash flow to live on. into the calendar year to to max out. Right, that, and usually that that's range, about right? three months, maybe. You know, yeah. to try to get it maximized. Yes, yeah, so unless it you have like a you unless you have a big work. commission. If you have a big commission coming right. in, that's different. But typically, you don't. Yeah. 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 It sounds like you you did kind of what I did as well, where like your your first paychecks for the first four months or whatever were eleven dollars or something. Yeah. Right. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't get paid anything. It was <laughs> yeah. all going into four hundred one k and all the that SVP, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Okay. Um. The, the transition itself, like, like what was it like uh, passing the torch and, you know, walking out the door like the last week? How did that feel like connecting with people and saying goodbye in a way? And how did that, how was that? Yeah, so uh, I, I've kind of alluded to it a little bit. My situation yeah. was, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a tale of two cities here. My situation was not what I had planned. I did plan on retiring within a year and a half, two years of when I did. As I mentioned, new management came in, and uh, they were literally told, uh, your job is to get Andy out of here. And yeah, it was possibly two reasons. One is I arguably was probably one of the highest paid individuals in our district because I was there long enough. I was at a level long enough, and I was producing long enough that they could probably bring bring in two junior folks to maximize and then retrain under whatever methodology they wanted right um so my situation was i was kind of forced out and so i did I, and i saw the writing on the wall but i chose that i wanted to go out the way i did and it was they they offered me to take a different role and do that. And that was not what I wanted. I had set some goals that as it turns out, every goal that I had set, and, and it was not like I'm setting it this year. This had started years before. Everything I had set in motion uh, that myself and a couple key people did came to fruition. And it was after I was actually gone. It was in a short period after I was gone, meaning I did all the work I know that. and other people came I in. I know that. So, yep. um, I was there when it happened. Yeah, so I, I was not pleased about that, but here's the flip side. Yep. By them actually saying, Andy, you're done, I got a severance package. And Drew, okay. I think as you know, by you saying I'm done, you don't get a severance package. I think you, I can, get, you can get COBRA for a period of time. But I got a severance package plus COBRA paid for, plus uh, we had something at, at Microsoft, whereas if you were 55 years old and you've been at the company 15 years, all your stock vested. So I'm still getting paid out on that, which is interesting when I talk about, you know, having an income. It's like, I didn't plan on having income. I still have an income coming in from, those, from that stock. It's still W-2 income. Yeah. So when I look at it at that point, it was like, wow, I actually kind of did good. I, I kind of did retire in the time frame I wanted. I got all this, and I got to tell you, the probably the additional 10 years of my life that I added by not dealing with the stress of all that, uh, especially during that COVID period, that was a blessing. And I have to remember, yeah, even though it was bittersweet, I really have to look back and say, uh, say that 
in my overarching goal of having joy as the key to my existence, that was more joyful than dealing with the stress of that. And I still got my financial compensation uh, that I normally wouldn't have gotten if I would have just left. Now, maybe I would have gotten additional in commission or whatever, but once I let my ego get over that, <laughs> it was a true blessing. And so in terms of yeah. transition, you know, it was pretty much kind of cut and dry. Now, I had done a lot of the transition because we had brought a new account manager in, as I talked about. You know, they were trying to I, – I saw all the writing on the wall. I just thought that uh, of the people that I worked with, they would have respected and recognized what I was doing and dealt with it, but they didn't. And I, that goes back to corporate America. Uh, corporate America doesn't care about you. They care about their bottom line. And you need to know that because the – things will happen. In my case, I think it worked out for the best, but it is what it is. It is. I mean, there's great parts of corporate America and then you just can't close your eyes to, uh, it's cutthroat at times and it's, what have you done for me lately? But it sounds like that all worked out really well for you. I know there's probably a lot of people, um, that are thinking about retirement that, um, are maybe at an age where they're close, where it could be tricky for them. And, um, I guess, you know, um, what advice would you have for folks that are maybe a year or two out that maybe feel like politically it's tough and they're taking a look at, boy, you're probably making a lot more money than if I brought in the junior person. And what what advice would you have for them going through that transition if they if they need a couple more years, you know, if they need to stick it out? Well, I guess at that point, uh, you really need to be observant. And see what's going on. Like if I knew I had a stick around, I would have pursued a different role. Uh, I, right. I was fortunate I didn't. Maybe someone, some might call me stubborn. But the fact that I put in all that time and, and wanted to uh, you know, receive the fruit of my work, I stuck right. it out and it, it wasn't meant to be. So I, I could have I done that. Um, it, it's it's once again when I talk about do what's right. I thought management would do what was right based on 16 years of yeah, service right. and right. you know two circle of excellences, multiple gold awards, developing Incredible culture, career. all right. that stuff. Right. Um, I thought they would have, but you know what? It isn't. So so read read your surroundings, and especially if you think you need to do that, and then quite honestly. Uh, so as an example, if I thought I was going to retire before and then stock dips 50 bucks or whatever, that could have major ramifications on people's lives. Not only just, you know, Microsoft stock, but all the entire stock market. So um, you have to be prepared for that, right? Uh, the other thing is uh, by retiring early, and, and you're, you're going to experience this pretty quickly, you know, you have to pay for health care out of pocket, right? So that's a minimum. That's without. That's twenty thousand dollars a year for my wife and without I. Without deductibles, yeah. Without yeah. deductibles, and I, we because there's only two of us now. We have to satisfy, and and there's different plans, and it does depend on your income. But I'm giving you my situation. Right. We have right. to satisfy eight thousand six hundred and fifty dollars each as a deductible before. Wow. So I'll give you. So this is interesting now, and it gets into a little bit of the health thing, but. I told you I kind of tweaked my knees, and I feel them, and I know my body really well. And I'm like, Ugh, I like if 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 healthcare wasn't a, 
uh, a concern like it was when we first started Microsoft where we didn't pay a dime or right. I knew no matter what in the year I was going to satisfy my deductible so it didn't make a difference when I did it, um, I'd be signing up to getting get two out of I'm going to get an MRI yeah, right away. Yeah. Um, right. I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm going to see how it goes, monitor it, and if I do have to bite the bullet, then I'm getting two MRIs, one for each knee, and I'm going to get two surgeries, and it's going to be done this year, and hopefully next year I don't have to deal with it. But it, it's a big difference. I mean, that's $8,600, and then my wife, eighty six. that's another you know, $17,000 out of pocket before taxes that I have to pay for uh, with really no income. I mean, the only income I have is is well, I'm getting the rest of that stock, but is is the capital gains if I choose to sell something, and now is not a great time to sell anyway. So right. something to be yeah, something tricky. to take into account, right? So healthcare is really key. The other thing I would say, uh, kind of along that subject, is plan for long-term care. We got our long-term care policies uh, over 10 years ago, and we got them such that we could pay X amount. So I got it when I was making hay. Right. I paid okay. for my long term health care when I was making you, was hay. It a lump sum up front or do you pay every month? Uh, no, I paid uh, annually a good chunk of change for 10 years and now I don't pay anything. Okay. And the other cool thing about my long term care is if by chance we don't use it, you know, if it if it's an immediate death or something like that we actually get that money back. So that was a cool policy. Okay. I don't know whether they still do that. It was a great policy that I had, but um, that was the other thing I did for my insurance policies. Uh, you know, we, we had some term, but we also had some, you know, variable life, whole life type stuff. I set it off so that they were funded. So now I don't have to pay those. Those are self-funding, right? And okay. there's a point, and there's a, a point where you hit that number. You say, do I really need the insurance or is it better not to? Um, right. It's still a, That's where my head's at. Yeah. It's, it's still a big chunk. So if you have, you know, 250, half a million, million dollar policy and you have, and, and by the way, if you have an accidental death, you, you know, it's probably could be doubled if you have AD and D, right? Um, but uh, I still think it's good to have some of that, even though if it didn't happen, you know, and I was quote unquote self insured, uh, I think the few dollars that I'm paying makes sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, maybe uh, one last question here on the transition. I, um, you could have, you could have certainly retired a little earlier. Um, you could, you know, you could have kept working for sure. What, what do you feel like, you know, stepping back? So you've been retired for a couple of years now, right? Mm-hmm. What, where was your timing? Was it right on or did you have, could you have started a little earlier? No, uh, I th- I think it was right on. Um, you know, we were able to get both of our kids through school, uh, you know, through their masters and kind of set up. As, as I mentioned, kind of way on early is like, you know, what are the things that kind of keep you up at night? Uh, it's it's really your health, finances. But I, I'm pretty comfortable. Just like you said, yeah, the market's taking a dip. It right. was great, man, for the last years. Right. The only time. I, I, I looked at it often because it was like it was like bonus, right? You look at it like, oh, it went up another buck. Oh, it went I up do, another. I do the same yeah. thing. But when it's when going it's up, down, yeah, it's, like, eh. it's going down. I don't need to see it. It's just negative. I don't want to have it. But the things yeah. you worry about are your kids and your health. That's really, you know, right. uh, and maybe right. maybe your parents. You know, if you're fortunate enough to still have your parents and stuff. Uh, that's that's it. So now, 
your worries are how are they doing those are important things to worry about right and that's, so when you talk worthy about of worrying and, and so when you talk about retiring early you know i it's nice to create um legacy wealth uh i don't where and it's interesting where i'm at right now i i actually built our plan to live for each of us to live to 95 which I don't think okay. is going to quite honestly happen, but I built it out that way. You never know. And, Good. and based on, you know, the amount that I have, if things, and, and a very conservative number, at a 4% growth year over year for the next 30, you know, five years or something like that, my kids should end up with a nice retirement thing too. However, that's not necessarily my goal. My goal is to be able to do family trips and to be able mm. to fund those. So think about it. Right. I mean, right now they're not married, but both of them have, uh, like I said, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. So let's say it's my wife and I and four other people. And I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spring for a trip, whether it's a cruise or whether, or whether it's a European trip. I mean, that's $25,000, $30,000 to do that trip, right? right? And that's after tax. So how many of those can you do? Well, if you have a lot, you can do it every year. Now, they, the problem is they can't get away. They're, they're living their life, so you can't do it usually every year, right? But maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's, they get two weeks and we do a family trip. But, you know, you take that, you take that $30,000 over 30 years, you know, that's close to a million dollars there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's money well spent, though. Exactly. And so isn't that a better thing to do? Did I do my math right? Is that right? 30,000, 30? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would much rather get the enjoyment of my family and spend the money there than uh, leaving them necessarily a chunk at the end. So that's one option. The other option is let's say they say, hey, uh, I I have an opportunity to. Uh, I've been working in this business. I have an opportunity to buy the business out from the current owner. Right. Am I willing to fund that for them? You know. Right. Uh, right. That, that's a big risk. You got to have a lot of trust, right? Uh, do you want to have oversight? Now, maybe that's my second career is having oversight on my kids' business, right? Which would be fun. And you're pretty much unemployable. And I'm unemployable, so I, uh, <laughs> you know, having oversight is different than being unemployable, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. So, but it's um, nice to have those uh, possibilities, right? Exactly. So, you know, that uh, I try to do everything from a conservative perspective, and I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, but you never know. You never know when, when that can fall. Now, I, I will say just one other thing. Uh, if you're in a position, I do have what I call two angel investments, and that's. Uh, just so, so for people who don't know, that is basically where you're putting money into an idea or a company that could pay huge, like a startup company. It, it's not right. publicly traded uh, with on the idea of the if come being not a 10, 20, 30 percent you know, gain on your money, but a 10, 20 times X, X yeah. return right, on your right. money. Now, I've had a couple of these for a long time. I mean, uh, you know, over 10 years. I still think one's in biotech, one's in energy. I still think that they're going to come through, but I did not retire with the idea that I was getting one cent from them. You have to have that, right. So that is a totally separate bucket. 
it, it did not factor into my retirement. And if I didn't have enough where I was at, then I would not have, have done that. But if That's those smart. do come through, that is where we're talking. Bruises. Well, not even that, that could be foundational money. That could be right. foundation, you know. That's perfect. <laughs> so, Andy, uh, you wanted to revisit the question about advice for folks, uh, young folks starting Well, no, actually, career. it was uh, the folks one to two years from retirement. What I wanted to mention oh, okay. is that yeah. if there is a passion that they think they want to do, maybe they've been working, maybe they were an accountant their whole life, but their real passion was music or something like that, right? That, that you need to start setting that up now. You need to start networking, making your contacts. Uh, contacts. You need to maybe get the equipment. You maybe need to do open mics. You know, you need to set yourself up so that you can do those things now. So while you still have an income coming in, some cash flow, start preparing yourself for what your passion might be uh, once you do retire. Okay. So switching over to uh, financial. So we've talked about being financially independent and how you, you know you you worked 50 years and you you saved continuously over that time um um let's just jump into and you could share whatever you're comfortable with but like did you have a number that you had in mind even like just a range like we talked about like north of two north of five north of ten and and did that change over time like from your 30s to your 40s to your 50 of what you felt like you needed for that moment where you'd say I'm financially independent. Yes, I did and it, it did change over time. So it was definitely north of 5 and I I had built a spreadsheet moons ago that calculated this and as the as the money came in and so forth they would look at it and I created um I created um multiple kind of permutations from zero, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve percent growth. And what would that get me? And I used right. to look at that as the money went in and I would see whether it would be there. But you know, our times have changed. Our cost of living has increased. Uh different things have come into play. I ended up having two houses, right? And when to pay the one house off and so forth. So so that does change. But uh the final thing was uh and, you know, you can do this with your financial planner, and I strongly suggest having a financial planner of some sort, but they can take all your assets, they will run what your social security is, everything, they will put it through the gauntlet, and it'll spit out the number of whether you have enough money or you don't. And then you can give them the factors, like I had mentioned. With a probability as well. With a probability, and um, there's a word for that, which is slipping my mind. That does come with uh, retirement and old age. You know, you have, uh, I call it the 45 second rule. You forget it, but then it comes back 45 <laughs> seconds later. But there's a, there's a financial technical term. You write it down. Yeah, where, where they write, yeah, definitely write it down. Where, um, where uh. with the probability of whether, uh, you know, you will reach that. And they run all these different statistical models based on, you know, a hundred years in the market. And so I would definitely suggest doing that and making sure that, uh, that you have that done. So, yeah, I, I was going to say, Andy, five, um, yeah. <clears throat> I, was, I was just going to pass along. Like when I went, um, through that, I had two different financial analysts that I went through that. And I, I asked him like, when you go through this with people, how often are you telling people they aren't ready? And, uh, both of them paused a little bit and they said about four times out of 10, yeah. People aren't ready. Yeah. And they want to be told they're ready, but they aren't ready. So it's really important that you get somebody that will tell you that. 
Exactly. Um, the other thing is, not only should you have that number, but I think you need to have your major assets secured, right? Do you own your house? Do you own your car? Um, right. Uh, because those are your big ticket items. And I've had a budget my entire life, right down to the cost of dog food. I kid you not. You know, the dogs, it's a costly item. I put in, uh, I put in a vacation. I put in a vacation. Yeah. The best. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I, and that is for retirement. If you don't have a, a dog, get it or a cat or what you get an animal. It's, it's, it's life-saving, but, uh, yeah, you need to plan right. everything. Yeah, you know. need to plan, plan your utilities. You need, and then you need to put a cushion in there. I have a miscellaneous. I have a miscellaneous $500 a month that I put in there, and you never know when that's coming up. It's like, oh, you got invited to someone's grad party. Huh, there's $100. Or, uh, you know, you blow out a tire. Huh, didn't plan on that one. There's $400. So, uh, once again, I have a very conservative, uh, cautious budget that I needed to feel comfortable okay. with so living with. Yeah. Okay. Um, does, do you, do you get help with your in, investment portfolio? Or do you, yeah. do you do that work yourself? Yeah. So I, I, uh, you broke up a little bit there, Drew, but I think you asked, do I get help? So I've been working with, um, uh, I feel like we might be having an audio years, moment but, here. Uh, recently I did, uh, end up, um, meeting with a high-end wealth firm. And we spent, we had several meetings. Uh, I was very close to pulling the trigger on that. But, you know, what they want is they want anywhere from 1% to 1.5% annually to manage your money. And, you know, they're looking at probably a million dollars or more. And I'm thinking, okay, that's $15,000 up to $20,000 what are they going to do differently than what my guy is currently doing for me now where and so i i really had a hard time i also took a look at what am i doing personally so you know i keep some money that i invest myself and then i also follow uh, some of my financial guy stuff some of its mutual funds some of its asset based i i do sit in and learn from different people and listen and so i have a little bit of everything there but as I mentioned about those angel investments, if those come in, that's kind of a different bucket. And at that point, I'm willing to actually maybe have someone who's dealt with high-end institutional money uh, maybe help me right. out. And it's a, whole, it's a holistic that approach, chunk. right? They have attorneys. They have accountants. Right. They have financial advisors. They, look at, they, they stay abreast of what's going on with the latest tax codes. They stay abreast of what's going on with the latest health. They know what's going on with your RMDs that you have to take, you, you know, your required mandatory distributions from your 401k. Those are all things you have to look at, and they happen at different times in my life. I mean, we're kind of early on the schedule. We don't even get health care yet, but that's a bit, you know, so we're paying for that out of pocket. But come 65, I can reduce that. So that brings my budget down some, right? Uh, at 70, you know, when do you start taking Social Security? Do you do it at 65? Do you do it at 70? Because you get more at 70. You have to look at all that, and there are people that have that expertise, and some of it's free and some of it you pay for, but do your homework on that. Yeah. I, I noticed, like with my dad, there, you know, who was an engineer and very much on top of everything, at one point basically said, I'm not interested in doing this anymore. 
Uh, um, and he asked me to take it mm-hmm. over, um, which I which I did with the help of my family. But um, I I could see a stage certainly for myself where I'm just like, let's just turn it over to somebody to professionally manage, and one to one point five percent or whatever would be would be reasonable at that point. If you just don't want to deal with it anymore, you you, you nailed it. And like you, you said, it. if you run yeah. into yeah 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 yeah. yeah. If it's okay. something you love, so, so, so um, I have people that love it. That's what they like doing. They spend two to three hours a day right. doing that. Not me. I want to be riding my bike, playing golf, doing whatever. So you, right. you nailed it. It's right. like, yeah, at some point, the, uh, the money is worth is, – the money is well spent, and it's not worth your time. So, so one of the things I, I had concerns about, and I think maybe I've I've let this vibrational energy in, is I had concerns about retiring at the end of a bull market, right, and having things decline, mm-hmm. right. And um, every everybody that I spoke to, though, I, I, while I was planning and thinking about it, they said, "Oh yeah, I mean, my portfolio has just increased. I'm not spending what it's earning." And I guess um, you know, even with this. Even with this dip recently with, with Putin and inflation and everything, I'm, I'm just guessing that your portfolio in the past two years has increased more than you're spending. Is that, is that fair to say? It is. And I mentioned earlier, I, I think uh, I, got, I got advice from my broker to take some money out. I also moved a big chunk of change from, um, from uh, assets into a uh, – it's a managed mutual fund, but because I put enough money in, I don't get charged any points. So there are some different things that you can okay. do there. You have to explore those. Not everybody okay. can do that, but I, because I put a big enough chunk in, uh, I, I was set for that. And that happens to be a fund that over all of these hiccups, you know, over the last 20, 30 years is still done like 9%. That's pretty darn good. In my, oh, wow. Put it this way. If someone That's said amazing, to yeah. me today, Andy, I will guarantee you 5% for the rest of your life. I would take it because I know what I'm spending. And that doesn't include the angel investments, but I know that would be enough for me to do very well and, and do all the things that I want to do. Um, we have obviously had tremendous growth in the last couple of years. I mean, everybody was making 20, 40, 60. I know people who had 100% return on their investment, but they were playing key asset stocks which is one of the ways you can make a lot of money quickly, but, uh, but you can lose it too. I'll give you an idea. I, I got a stock. I was told about it. Uh, and this stock jumped from like 100 to like 200 within three months. And I got in just below the 200, and it rose up to nearly uh, 400. And I thought, this is great, right? And then I thought, so then I actually sold, no, I bought um, a put because I thought, there's no way this okay. stock is going to dip below this number. Well, sure as heck, it did. And I had to pay, uh, <laughs> I had to pay $70 or more over what it was going for, and I had to buy those shares. Now, it dipped down yeah. and I bought more shares at the lower, so I'm kind of averaging. But, you know, and, and some people would say, well, you're chasing good money after bad, whatever. You do what you do, what you do but you never know. That was in your kind of fund, fund chunk yeah, of money, I'm That guessing. was more of a fund. Ch- and, it, it, and once again, everything I do is not going to jeopardize the whole pot. But you can take some of that okay. and you can do I mean, so 
in, in the scheme of things, I was playing with, you know, $30,000, uh, which could have become 60000 or it could have become 15000 right. But, you know, right. it is what it is. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you're a careful budgeter. What's it been like since retirement? Are you matching your budget, what you had in place, or you've had to kind of increase your budget to kind of meet reality? Yeah. So how's it been? One of the, one of my goals for retirement was to join a golf club. I'm, I'm a member of a golf club up in Michigan and it's not a high end club. In fact, uh, when you talk about things to do, I am on the board of directors there. So that is one of the things I spend my time with. I'm the vice president of the okay. club. I'm in charge of membership, which I've increased membership uh, quite a bit. And uh, hopefully we're even going to be full. So that is where I, I give back some of my time. Um, but I wanted to join a, a club down here in, in Naples. And golf at a public course here can cost you $170 a round. Give you an idea. In Michigan, right. you know, it right. might be $30, $50 for a really nice course, right? So I happen to, and this is about kind of putting it out there in the universe, I happened to come down here and I ran into a phenomenal deal where I could get in and pay an initiation fee that was within a, a scope that I wanted to do and annual dues that was within the scope that I want to do for my unlimited golf, which is one of my biggest passions. And so I satisfied yes. that big passion, but I had to come out of pocket, um, you know, a little bit, I had to come out of pocket, I would say maybe a tad bit earlier than I thought, so it increased my budget, but it was well within the, the scheme of things. But it's interesting what that did for me. We were trying to decide whether I had to move onto a golf course to, to be a member of a golf course, or whether I could join a course and still live where we're living. So this house is paid for down here. The only reason I refinanced my house up in Michigan is because the rates were so cheap, it was it was. Re it just made oh, made sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it gave me... Sometimes it makes sense to be a exactly. debtor, right? You get yeah. the tax benefits. It was so low. I was making more money. It just made sense, right? Well, um, because I joined the club and I don't have to live there, we decided that we are going to take this house that we're living in and redo it this year to exactly the way we want that we can, li that we can live great. here the rest of our lives, Right. So that's great. That was that's a, a good big, feeling. Yes, a big relief for my wife, especially, and for me. But it was something, and, and we were blessed. We bought, we bought this house in a short sale in the lowest market possible. So I'm going to be able to put in the money. If, if I did nothing, I could sell this house and double my money today. If I put in what we want and we live here, we get all that enjoyment, I will be able to almost triple it you know, down the road. So it, it was a win-win situation. The only thing it did do was, um, you know, I had to pull some cash out early. And one of the things that people need to remember is if you're pull, you, you plan for your, your growth and it is a compounded growth. So the longer you have it in, that's great. And the earlier you have it in, that's great. If you pull a substantial money out early, then you don't get that compounding factor. So you have to recognize when the right time to do that. Now, that, that's kind of a, it's a trade-off, but we were willing to do that. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. I know, like, for, for, for Jeannie and I, we've said for ourselves, like, for the first 10 years, we want to spend more, you know, because I think, you know, as we get, you know, into our late 60s and 70s, maybe we won't need as much um, travel or, you know, 
luxury this, or I, I think it might there's, be simpler. There's, there's some truth to that. The only thing I will tell you is if you are fortunate enough, and we don't have any yet, but if you're fortunate enough to have grandkids, believe me, that, that's, that's a whole other bucket of money because you, you, you don't say right. no to the grandkids. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But no, you're, you're right. So that's where we, we need to get. Uh, you're right. So, yeah. for instance, uh, get, uh, you know, I'm a cycler. So I cycle two, uh, two to four times a week. I do no less than 30 miles. I go upwards of 100 miles. Um, I bought my bike. I have several bikes. But that was a sunk cost, and that was when I was working, right? I mean, could there be another bike down the road? Yes, for a, a pretty penny, but right now I have it. So does it cost me anything to cycle? No. And that's a good chunk of my time. Golf, on the other hand, was a major expense. And if you're going to join a country club, you don't look at your cost per round. You say, this is X. I don't even want to see it. I pay it, and away you go. The other parts of the club, which are interesting, is – I have a full workout facility. I have a pool that I can swim in. I have pickleball courts. I have bocce courts. All the things I do are covered in that one cost. So I'm developing relationships with people there that I enjoy. I can even do my music there. I can play there at certain nights, which is one of my big passions, music. So that really uh, solidified the direction of a lot of the things that I wanted to do in retirement all by joining that one club. And gave us clear direction on, on where we wanted to live. So that, that, that was a major milestone for us this year. Yeah. yeah. You've made some big decisions for sure. Yep. That's great. All right. Um, kind of last question in the financial category here. Um, you know, any advice for folks, uh, either early in career or, or maybe a, a little later on about financial readiness, you know, investing, any favorite books, anything that you'd want to pass along? Um. We've, we've had a lot of bull market lately, and I think people get um, jaded on, on what's going on there. We've had low inflation. The world has been pretty stable. COVID hit. Obviously, we're seeing the supply chain situation. Like We're remodeling everything. We can't get things. They're, they're more costly. People don't want to work, so the people that are working, they're charging more. So you do have to kind of uh, prepare for that. But you, you also have to prepare for that down market. And that's where that financial advisor, I think, comes into play. You, you, you can make big money in bull market being aggressive, but you can lose it so fast and it takes a long time to build up. So it's kind of like when you go to Vegas and you're gambling, right? If you know, you, you know, my philosophy on that is it's entertainment. It's not where I'm going to make money. But if right. um, so, I'm going to take X amount. If I lose it, then I'm done. But if I start out with a hundred and I make two hundred, I'm pocketing a hundred and I'm playing on the, I'm playing on their money. I think the same thing's true here. You, when you're developing your portfolio, if you've made a lot on key asset purchases, whether it's the, uh, you know, whether it's Microsoft or Google or Amazon or Tesla or any of the big ones that have really turned some big numbers, I would, I would probably suggest. Taking some of that and putting it, uh, putting some of it, don't take all of it, but take some of those proceeds, profits, and put it into something that's a little bit more conservative uh, for the downturn in the market. Pay the taxes yeah. and move because, on. Yeah. And, yep. You know, we yep. saw this dip here. It was a pretty big dip, and it's not the big dip. I, I think in a couple of years, there's going to be the big dip. Um, the other thing you can do is 
what's cool is if you're trading, like one of the benefits we had uh, at Microsoft is we not only had a 401k, but we could set up something called a brokerage link, which is basically an asset. The, the, the traditional 401k is, is more mutual funds. Um, the brokerage link would allow us to buy individual assets, but you can buy and sell those assets with no uh, tax implications. So uh, let's say you have a half a million dollars in there and you think the market is going to go south. You could sell all of that and not have any capital gains, sit on it, wait till the market looks like it's going to come back, buy back in low. And you could double that money very quickly and easily. You can't do that in your individual traditional accounts because you have to pay capital gains on all, all that money that you're selling. Right. You can, you can do, do it, do it but, but you're going to play the capital yeah, gains. A, and so, the government's going to take a good exactly. portion of it. Right? And so that is another thing right. in retirement. Uh, maybe this is a good time to bring it up since we're talking financial. Two things I looked at was the cost of my health care because I retired early. And I would say it's not even retired early. If you retire at 65, more than likely, if you can afford it, you're going to get some supplemental insurance to cover you. But it's not going to sure. be like astronomical. It's, it's not going to be three thousand yeah, a month. Exactly. So, um, right. yeah. So you definitely want to, you know, kind of hedge your bet from that perspective. Okay. Let Let's transition over into health, and I, I know we've we've spoken quite a bit that that's um, probably the most important thing in many ways. Uh, not the only important thing, but it's certainly super important. So. Um, I know you've also said, hey, a tired dog is a happy dog, and you, you've spoken about your, you know, athleticism and the different areas that you get into, but would you say, like, you're you're fitter now and you're putting more time into your your fitness and health, or is it is it something you've always had as a baseline no matter what? Yeah. Um, what, what, what has changed in retirement? Well, I, I will talk about the change. As I told you, my, my first job, well, my first job was it was a paper route, but I used to go to work with my grandpa every Sunday from the time I was like four, and he ran health clubs. So health is near and dear to my heart. I've always been an athlete. I've always uh, given an idea. He, he was like the Jack LaLanne of Detroit, and at 40, he was a vegetarian, and that was back in like, you know, the 1950s, right? So he was yeah. ahead of the curve. Yeah. So I've always been exposed to that, and I've always uh, loved athletics and staying in shape. Um, I'm also, as I mentioned, I'm, 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 I'm small, but I'm also very strong. So, you know, I never got picked on <laughs> because I could, right. I could hold my own, but yeah, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of my activities revolve around, um, being healthy, even golf, which is funny. I never thought of golf as, uh, as physical, but you know, up North in Michigan, I walk 18 holes, which is a lot of walking. And I used to carry my bag, but my back is not like it used to be. And I had some experiences over the last year. Uh, I had several injections because when your back is, if you've had a bad back, you know, you are down and out. You can't do anything. And so right. two things I'll say right. about that. Now you have to have an alternative plan. What's your alternative plan? For me, it's music or reading or binge watching movies, or maybe then I spend more time on my spirituality and on my learning Spanish, you know, so, and that's, right. e that's even right. true if there's a bad it's, day, you know, if it's not sunny outside, what are you doing on the rainy days? Well, I'm playing more guitar, 
you you also like to swim and you mentioned you know walking at least for yeah. golf but those are kind of lower impact they are, they are. um health and, exercises and, and you know what yeah, it, you, know, you talk about doing things and, and finding commonality with your with your spouse you know walking is one of the best things you can do and we have a dog now and we walk the dog and and that's fun and there's different levels of walking there's the power walking and there's just the strolling and all that stuff but it it's just always good to be out there getting the vitamin d out outside and and doing that but in terms of my health uh yeah uh, um uh from an endurance standpoint give you an idea just to give you some numbers drew um sure my vo2 max and this is according to my garmin which i use when i cycle is 53 which basically means that uh i'm in the top five percent for my age and gender of any person out there and my fitness age is like a 20 year old all right at being and being close to 58 so that's pretty good i do know my percentage body fat that's my incredible percentage body fat is around 16 okay. when i was really in shape mm-hmm. and i was racing i used to do extreme adventure racing it was probably 10 11 uh and i noticed a right. big change from 50 to now um i've lost a lot of mass and one of the reasons is i used to lift a lot and I mean, when I was younger, I could, I could press twice my weight, you know, which is not too many people can really do that. So I was very strong uh, in proportion, but now my tendons can't take that. So my weightlifting consists of more toning um, and not super heavy weight, but it is good to lift some heavy weight that helps bone density. Uh, so that's good. But uh, um, I've kind of shifted yeah. into that a little bit. Like I've, yeah been deadlifting and squatting and not a lot of reps, but trying to have the intensity yeah, there. So uh, you have to find the balance for you. But if you, if you right. overdo it, like I said, the recovery is not a week. The recovery could be three months. I went over my handlebars on my bike. It was right. three months before I could lift again because I got banged up, you right. know? So, yeah. um, yeah. so yeah. And, and then the swimming, the swimming I think is great. You know, I, I don't, when I swim, I swim no less than a mile. I can do a mile in about 32 minutes, which is pretty good. Pretty good for, <laughs> that's a, for a that's guy a with pace. little hands and little feet. You know? <laughs> Especially like in a pool, too, where, where you, you have, have to turn. turn. Right. You know, like I, I think in my best, I was somewhere around 30 minutes yeah. for a mile, but that was open water. It's oh, a yeah. huge difference. You don't lose your you momentum. Do not. And I love huge open difference. water. You know, we're near the ocean. It's a little yeah. risky with the sharks, but like I swam in Lake, uh, Lake Michigan I, this summer, and it's it's heaven, open water swim. Yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so tell me about like about like rest. So, um, you know, I felt like when I was in my forties, I you know maybe my body wasn't something that you know was in a magazine, but I'm like I'm so happy for my body. It was so durable, mm-hmm. right? I could do so much with it, and now I kind of feel like you know in my fifties, it my body needs its rest it needs its stretching it needs its low impact walking and you do a lot i mean you do your volume as you've described it is way more than mine yeah i don't think i can put my body through much more so everybody's a little individual but have you changed like your stretching recovery rest at all yes i i have a routine for that and by the way listeners don't kid yourself Drew keeps in great shape. He's in excellent shape today. I've known him for a long time. He's always been in shape. Yeah. But yeah, I have to, uh, like when we actually started this podcast, I had an ice wrap on my back for two reasons. One, it, it provides okay. lumbar support, but I got done cycling. So uh, when I get done, I stretch for 
usually five, 10 minutes, and then I try and ice. Um, I've tried to cut back on ibuprofen, but there's, uh, which I have cut back substantially. I used to preload and take too much, which isn't great for you, but you don't want the inflammation. What what have you heard about it? I'm, well, I'm not familiar um, that that's bad for you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I should hopefully I get them right here. One of them affects uh, your liver, and one of them affects your kidneys. So it's like Tylenol okay. and ibuprofen, right? Ibuprofen works best for me. It works better than Aleve uh, for me. Uh, if now if I just take even 200 before I play golf or before I cycle, uh, I don't have the aches and pains. If I don't, I feel I feel the pain. The entire exercise, whatever it is, golf, whatever. So that just takes, okay. takes the edge off. Um, I do the icing. I do the stretching. I, I'm a big proponent of yoga. Uh, down here, uh, I haven't really gotten to classes. Up in Michigan, I used to do yoga three, four times a week. Uh, but to your point, I can't do as many activities. If I'm really smart, I do one major activity a day. So it's either golf or cycling. Now, I can I can do okay. I can golf and then I can lift afterwards because it's it's kind of total it's a little bit different. Um, I can lift and swim because the swim adds a stretching component. But when I cycle and golf, that's a lot on my back and a lot on my legs, and I feel it. Now um, I'll let you in on at least my philosophy. I'm I'm a believer in CBD and I'm a believer in THC. Right. Um, I right. think those okay. uh, have been around. I kind of use them for fun, not for. And, and it's um, funny, I not for recovery. Yeah, yet. I never use them. I should for, think about uh, for that. Fun. I, I was not a drinker uh, till I was forty-three, and I started drinking wine. I never drank. I was always the designated driver. I started drinking wine about forty-three. At fifty, I remember yeah. that. Oh time. yeah, I think we were in San Marcos Square. I might have been a little tipsy singing Valare. Yeah, like yeah. that's it. And then, I, <laughs> and then on the boat out of Venice was pretty fun too. That was that was some good times. Good. Uh, yeah. Uh, at 50, I tried my first really hard alcohol, and uh, I actually do like bourbon, uh, and I do like uh, gin. Yeah, gin. Uh, I love yeah. a gin and tonic down here in the heat. It's great. What I will, what I will tell you is, it doesn't love me, especially the browns. Okay. The browns yep. are hard on me, so I can do one, but if I do more. I'm going to be feeling it the next day, and it stays with you. I can do one gin and tonic, and I can recover pretty good. If I do two, I'm going to feel it the next morning if I'm cycling or whatever. When I do the, uh, when I do the cannabis, if I portion it correctly and I take the right one, and uh, you know, it's not going to be really a discussion, but I just the, the basics, there's an indica, which we think of when you say indica, I think of in the couch, because if you take an indica, it right. relaxes you, and you settle into the couch. The first time I took it was when I was around 50, yeah, around 50, and I had chronic pain in my hip. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sit, and uh, my, my wife suggested that I take it, and it was the first time in like a year that I had total relief, and what happens is everything releases. Uh, your muscles release. Your skeletal falls into place. Things were cracking and falling into place perfectly. Muscles release. Your bladder releases. You, you actually urinate longer. It's kind of a really weird thing. But I was totally wow. relaxed and I could sleep. I didn't have that pain. There wasn't the inflammation. Do you, 
do you feel the same thing with just the CBD or do you need the THC? So if, if you're going to take CBD, you have to have a little bit, not, not the buzz factor, but there should always be a little bit. Right. So if you get the right strain, you should have that. But when I'm talking about the okay. indica and then the other side of that is sativa, which is an uplifter, sativa, which yeah. is really cool. And that's what most people want. Like when they, when they quote unquote want to get high, they want to feel what I call heightened senses. So your taste becomes incredible. Your sight, your sound, your sensitivity to your skin. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a weird person. I cry at happy things. Like if I, when I'm watching the Olympics and I'm watching somebody nail a routine, or if I'm listening to Adele sing and, and she's hitting notes that you can't even, that brings tears to my eyes. Sad things don't. I don't know. I'm kind of crazy that way. When I'm, when I'm taking... Wired that, for joy. Wired for, when I take the sativa, my wife cracks up. She she looks over at me. Tears are just streaming down my face because I'm appreciating <laughs> the moment so much. Yeah. So I do that, and it also um, it that can also help with the inflammation and stuff. So uh, you have to find what works for you. Some people who take sativa gives them anxiety, so that's not great. The other thing is you have to find the right dosing. So. If I know I'm getting up at 5.45 to go cycle, I'm taking just a small little amount that lets me sleep because I go to bed earlier before my wife. A five milligram or a uh, 10? It would be or... closer to like a five milligram, yeah. And, five. and, if, and if, I okay. take, if I take it early, like say I take it at eight, five milligrams, perfect. If I take it later, like at 10, I might take just even two milligrams just to help me get through the night. And remember, when you, I, I don't smoke anything. I can't for whatever reason. But I take an edible. It will affect. It'll it'll kick in at different points, and it does uh, kick in differently depending on what foods you've had. Like if you've had fatty foods, and I'm not talking bad fatty. I'm talking about avocado or things like that, or oils. That right. will help uh, the enactment of it. And remember, these are things that have been around since eternity. The only reason that they were um, made illegal is quite honestly because of the drug companies. The government actually holds the patent on THC and they don't want it out because mm. the lobbyists wanted to sell their drugs. So there's a lot of history and back history, but as we know now it's becoming to the forefront. They're using it on everything from kids who have seizures to people who have cancer. It it does help oh, your, that's your great. appetite. That's a nice yeah. recovery tool. And, and for yeah. me, it's great because I know how to use it, that it doesn't affect me or there's the nights, like you say, you just want to have fun. So I'll take 20 milligrams of a sativa, have a gin and tonic, and I know I'm not waking up that morning to do anything. That's a fun night, you know. So, oh, that's you know, perfect. And, you know, when you don't have to go to work and you can have a fun night and you don't have to pee in a cup, that's all great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you got me thinking a little bit, too, about, like, you've settled into your second mm -hmm. house now. Like, you've made a commitment to it and you've got your golf club. Do you, do you feel like... um you know, spending your winters in Florida is probably a dumb question, but like how big of an impact does that have on your overall physical health? Like you're able to do so much more yeah. through the winters, right? Physically, so, you right? You know, when I, when I was in Michigan during the winters when I was working, uh, I used to go to my health club a lot. So I, I would lift, I would swim, I would do yoga, and I would do spin class. Um, so the, okay. the, supple, uh, the thing out here is I get to ride outside, which is great. I get to swim outside, which is great, you know. Uh, I don't run anymore. I used to run a lot. I've done ultra marathons, but I can't. That's one of my trade-offs because yep. I had my hip replaced 
eventually. So um, I just, it goes back to what we said earlier. When you wake up and it's gray out, it's, it's just a downer. When you wake up and the sun's out, and that's the other thing. When you're out here, you just see people all over, old, young, running, walking, dogs. It's it's uplifting. I, that to me, that is that's right. that's saying society. Right. It's is good uplifting. peer pressure. Well, not even peer pressure. I just right. love the fact that people are out there getting and doing it. You know, and it gives me motivation because I literally see eighty, eighty-five year olds. I, there's a lady here, and she has a, a gal that helps her and walks behind her. She's ninety-five. She walks every single day, and I'm not talking slow. That gives you hope. You know, <laughs> that's super yeah. cool. Um, how, how about diet? You know, I know you're a disciplined guy. Have, um, have you made any adjustments since retirement or is your diet pretty, um, pretty consistent with throughout your life? And then, you know, do you, have you tried fasting or keto or vegan or anything Um, fancy? So, uh, as I mentioned, my grandfather was a veg, an early on vegetarian. So, um, but my dad was a meatitarian. You know, he ate meat and potatoes, and he didn't eat a lot of vegetables. But uh, when I got married, yeah. my my wife has helped me uh, do more vegetables. And one of my best friends, I said, I'm flying out. He owns a high-end restaurant, and everything he cooks is amazing. So today, I will pretty much eat anything. Uh, there's a couple little things I don't like, but I, I will try anything now for sure. Like, I never ate sushi. I love sushi. I mean, that's fantastic. And different things right. like that. Yeah, but that I do watch what I eat, and I know exactly what I'm putting in my mouth and how much. I, I, I'm probably anal this way, but I probably weigh myself at least twice a day. Um, uh, I, like to, I like to know where I'm at, and I know it. Do you see enough change from morning to p.m.? That you uh, wanna, I, I kind of do it? it more so uh, like, like after I work out because I want to know how much water I've lost. That's, that's one of the key things as you get older. Can't emphasize this enough. You really need to pound the water. And I forgot what the exact ratio is, but I mean, you need to be like 40, 50, 60 ounces of water a day. You need to be hydrated. Uh, I take a magnesium uh, SRT with B complex in the morning and because uh, that gives you a little bit of, of lift, but the magnesium really helps you. But I take just a standard magnesium at night, especially if I've done activity. I've been out in the sun for four Hours. I tried that for the first yeah. time. Yeah, when when I went to mm-hmm. Croatia on a cycling trip, and you're out in the sun, and there's an hour long climb, and they'd give us a magnesium mm-hmm. tablet. I'm like, I don't know if it worked or not, but it felt kind of. You'll know if it doesn't, cool. buddy. I tell you, uh, yeah. for me, I can go 50 miles, you know, with uh, probably 40 ounces of water. But if I go more than 50, if I don't take either salt or a magnesium or an electrolyte tablet, uh, I'm going to start cramping up. So you, And these are like um, a tablet you dissolve in water, uh, right? Actually, I just pop them as a pill. So I have like an, I have like okay. an endurance electrolyte tablet that I'll take, plus my drink. I, I use okay. none in my drinks, which has electrolytes and just a little bit of caffeine. Uh, it's easy on my stomach. Okay. I can drink it all day long. And even if it gets warm, I can drink it. How do you spell none? N-N. Yeah, you can buy them, uh, but I've tried okay. everything because I, you know, I, you remember I did adventure racing. So to give you an idea, I right. did one race. It was, uh, it was seven days. I slept 12 hours in seven days and we carried our own food and water. You need to have 
uh, you know, needed to have six, 9,000 calories a day and you, you get it any way you want because it didn't make a difference. You just burned it off, right? But going back to your right. question, um, I do like sweets, so I have to watch it. Uh, I do like to have an occasional okay. drink. Um, but in general, we eat pretty healthy. We do buy good quality foods. We try and buy the less processed foods. But I know it, I, I was a wrestler. So I'm used to cutting weight, right? I, if I hit a point on that scale, immediately it goes into shut off mode. And I, I, I let Lisa know, and I'm like, cut up, do not buy any sweets. We're going back to this method. But hopefully with my, um, my balance of exercise and my diet, I can have, you know, I'm not a believer in cutting it all out. So then going to your other question about, I've never done vegan, um, I've done the vegetarian and I have done fasting. I have fasted up to five days. Um, wow, that's a long yeah, time. But, so what we did was uh, we did just fluids. Uh, and for me, it was uh, like an apple juice type scenario. Uh, we, would take, okay. um, we would take a vitamin pill and uh, it was called colazine. And the idea was to clean out your whole intestinal tract. You know, and, right. and give it and a break. If you're, if people are going to try this, there's a tremendous amount of stuff out there, but you will go the first 24 to 36 hours is the worst because as soon as you stop doing that, you, you might get a headache and, and you just have to persevere through and know that you'll come out in the end. Once you get to that 36, 48 hours, you're fine. You are easier, right? Easier, yeah. And you right. don't want to heavy do the exercise. You want your body to be able to recover. So that would be a down week. Let your body recover and do that. But uh, yeah, you'll clean out your, your whole tract. And what I love about it is you lose some weight, you clean out your tract, but it resets you. And then you can start eating clean again, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the things that people may or may not know is you set a habit in 21 days, right? So if you can actually change, let's say you want to become a vegetarian, keep at it for 21 days or you don't want to eat sweets. Don't eat sweets for 21 minutes. The, the desire will go away. But as soon as it's like having that potato chip, as soon as you have the one, you're going to want more. So you have to be Those first 21 days are the tough ones. Yeah, that's a long time. It isn't. It isn't. That's a long time yeah. change. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm just thinking about some of my yeah. bad habits. Like, do I want to go 21 days without yeah, it? I don't know. Right. So speak, speaking of ha bad habits, do you feel like from a health standpoint, is there anything that you've kind of developed since you've retired that you feel like is a bad health habit? Uh, or no? No, the only thing is kind of what I said before is I can't overdo it because my back can't handle it or, or, or the muscles. Yeah, and okay. when you have the time, let's say I cycled, let's say I cycled 40 or 50 in the morning and someone calls up, hey, Andy, you want to play pickleball in the afternoon? I'm like, yeah, I want to play pickleball. But, <laughs> and I don't want to <laughs> let the person down and I'm appreciative of them calling me, but that's not the wise move that day, you know? And right. I have to say, right. no, let's try another day. I already put in this thing. And that's where I, uh, I'm, I'm, that's my nemesis. I have to do a little bit less. My wife always says, I was never concerned about, about your heart because you, you know, you're very strong. You do an endurance work. I'm concerned about your body falling apart. And that's one of the reasons we moved into two ranches, both up north and here, so I don't have to walk stairs. Yeah. No, that, that, that's good. So... Um, I could relate to that, I guess I'll just say there, and I'm trying to do better with stretching and resting, but there's just limits. But I also really like your idea of CBD and THC and kind of exploring what kind of works mm -hmm. for you. 
Um, yeah. Um, so, so a couple more questions in this in this area of health here. Um, do you do you feel like retiring early is um, going to give you a higher probability of a longer, healthy lifespan? One hundred percent. You 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 know 100%. you worked in the environment yeah. we were at, and uh, you know you your pressures were probably a little bit different from mine. But you know I was in sales, direct sales, calling on the right. General Motors account, one of the largest companies in the world, with ruthless business people. And I'm not saying some of them weren't nice, but believe me, they were out for doing whatever was oh. best for them. And we were trying to do what was best for our company, and which meant doing what was best for them and at the same time. But when you're a salesperson and you're carrying the quota, it is probably one of the most stressful things you could do. And I did that for many, many years. And so not, have, not waking up in the middle of the night wondering what's going to go on. Or I think as a good account executive, you were, your job was a concierge to that company. And that company consisted of literally in our area, thousands of people. You know, I could get a call from anybody that said, I need this and I'm a service oriented person. So I would want to jump and satisfy them and make them happy. And it was endless. I mean, you could go set 24 seven and then your job was also to, to continual have continuous learning. So you're staying up so you can bring them the latest ideas. So that meant if there was downtime, you could do training, and training was a big thing at Microsoft. We had to do training, but there was always more you could do. And then there was research, and then there was all this stuff. So, no, I, I, I don't. The, my biggest thing is whether I made a tea time at the right time to get my buddies out there, or whether <laughs> I got to bed early enough to, to ride my bike. I really don't right. have right. any major stress anymore, which I think is going to add at yeah, least 10 beautiful. years to my life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Good answer. Great answer there. Okay. Um, I guess um, last question is, and I, I want to frame this in, in uh, respect for maybe like there, there's, there's probably a fair number of people that haven't put health as high in a priority as you have throughout your life that are maybe close to retirement. Well, what advice would you have for them? Um, so, Whatever your hobbies are, if, if your hobbies are woodworking, that's great. But you've got to have a hobby. I would suggest that if you don't have a physical hobby, that you find something. There are guys uh, who play bocce. They walk up to the bocce courts, which right there is exercise. So we live in a complex down here. It's 2.75 miles around. We happen to live at the farthest point from where the main clubhouse is, right? So it's a minimum a mile walk on the outside and probably a half mile if you do the inside track because there's some bridges, right? So there's a half mile walk. You're standing, you're walking up and down the courts. You can actually, I did this the other day, Drew, you're going to crack up. I'm playing bocce and I'm thinking there's a lot of downtime in bocce. I mean, bocce is great when you're drinking, but we play it at eight in the morning, right? So there's not a lot of drinking right. going on with the guys. I thought, what if I just do 10 standing squats, no weight, every side I'm on or every time after I throw a ball. And then I do 10 lunges on each side. Now, if, if you don't work out, you, you'll find out. Okay, I, I'm, in, I'm in cycling fitness and golf fitness and swimming fitness and lifting fitness. I was not in lunging and squatting fitness. 
I did what I thought was the minimal amount. I couldn't even get off the toilet. I was so sore, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. There's nothing like squats and it's lunges un- to tear oh, your yeah, body yeah. up. So my point is, yeah. you don't have to do a lot. You make your walk to something that's fun, the bocce courts. You throw the bocce, and that's a little bit of exercise. And you do 10 squats and 10 lunges. Each time you do it, you're going to pick something up, whether it's walking the dog, whether it's swimming, whether it's sailing, whether it's rowing, whatever. I think you need to find some, whether it's doing a stretching class. I used to laugh. I mean, I, I told you, I was around health clubs my entire life. I used to watch these old guys do these things, and I would say, is that really an exercise? And now, at my age, I'm like, standing right. air yeah. squats, you know, 25 standing air squats, meaning no weight on you, is work. And I get it. So is like yin yoga. Oh, God, yeah, yin yoga. That, you know. You, if, Holding a pose for 20 minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Two yeah, minutes. You, you is, want to find out how long two minutes oh is. Hold God. a pose that, like a pigeon pose that hurts where your hip flexor feels like it wants to rip right. off your bone. Yeah. You'll find out right. how long two minutes is real fast. Okay. So uh, next up, Andy, let, let's get into talking about hobbies. And um, I wanted to start off with a, uh, a story a friend of ours, Alan. Uh, told me he he said his wife wouldn't let him retire until he had a couple of hobbies and and you know Alan he he's just he's just about work he's a working guy he is and so he he took some time to kind of develop those before he retired he just retired I know this fall but I know you're a man of many hobbies but I'm I'm kind of curious about you know the hobbies you've really invested into retirement and have they changed um so. I've done all of these hobbies really throughout my life. So just I'll kind of mention someone like golf, cycling, music, spirit, spirituality, and fitness. Those have kind of been my, my primary ones. Um, uh, while working, obviously, it was a balance of the work life, the family life, the traveling and all that and fitting it in. Fitness is something I've never stopped doing since the time I was a little kid. That's just right. part of my you, DNA. You would say that's like your, your number one hobby, if you will. Uh, yeah, staying staying in shape, making sure uh, you know you kind of know if you uh, if your pants are getting a little tight, you know you're you've been slacking a little bit. The other thing is how how uh, you know fitness and diet kind of go together, so you feel better, I think, when you're eating better, and you know um, we can talk about that. But um, cycling, uh, which I really got into heavily through the Make a Wish Foundation, because. It's interesting. We do. Uh, I think you know, Drew, and you've been a supporter over the years. I really appreciate sure. that. But you know, in Michigan especially, and they do it across the country. But we raise a lot of money for Make a Wish, and we cycle 300 miles in, in three days, so 100 miles each day. You don't just cycle. Three centuries in a row will wear you out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and let's just say there's a little bit of fun in the evenings too, so you need to recover. But um, but you can't do that without putting in the time, right? Right. So, um, so even though it's kind of a hobby, it's also a little bit of a job because you just can't jump into it. So cycling is a part of my daily routine. You do that year round in, I, in Michigan and Florida. Correct. And, uh, you know, when, as I'm leading up to the Make-A-Wish, which is at the end of July, I, I focus heavily on road. And then uh, the other times in Michigan, you know, we, we kind of hit mountain biking. And then back right. in Florida, it's primarily road, although there are some places to do that. So that is, that is one of my big hobbies. 
that keep that handles the fitness. But once again, down in Florida, these people cycle. I mean, they are really good. And so if I want to hang with my friends, I have to stay in shape, right? The other would one you is say like you've maybe like doubled your mileage on average since retirement. Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, kind of yes and no. I, I now go more every other and, and, and it, it, uh, every other day is what I meant to say, because physically it's kind of demanding on the body. Um, there is a happy medium. And if I, if I push it, my back hurts or my knee hurts. And then you're down. And uh, what I've right. learned is the moderation. My grandpa told me this years ago, moderation, 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 uh, because he had all the injuries. And I get it now. He was telling that to me when he was between, you know, 50, 55. And I get that. But when That's you're a when young you need that wisdom, you weren't listening to it back then, were you? I was not. I did the most extreme sport. You didn't you need know. to. Yeah, you could do it. Well, you know, you pay you pay the piper at this, this stage of the game. So I I would say I'm not really doubling the miles. In fact, doing a century is a major major undertaking because I know when I do that that the rest of the day is shot. Because would you just, would you equate a century to running a marathon, or is it easier than that on the body? Um, yeah, that's about a good analogy. I mean, you, you five I would hours run a, easily, five six hours. Yeah, five to six hours at the pace we do. And remember, down in Florida, it's kind of flat. Doing the century up up in northern Michigan when you got you know seven thousand feet of elevation, that's a totally different uh, right. number. And that 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 really hits the body differently, the muscles and so forth. So the elevation makes a big difference going up and down those phonetic hills in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I know you cycle somewhat. Um, what do you? You doing? know, in the in the winter for for physical stuff, I'm I've been powerlifting, which has been really fun for two years now. I've been powerlifting, and um, I'm not doing like what you were doing. Where I'm benching twice my weight, but you know, I'm squatting, I'm deadlifting, um, bench pressing, military press, and shins, and I, I'm doing that about twice a week. I love it. I really love it. I have a nephew that I lift with and my, my uh, older brother I've been lifting about once a week with. That's fantastic. You actually, you know, um, they say that also helps with bone density. And that's one of the things as you get older, you don't want to lose bone density. And, and heavy weight twice a week is, I think, the right number. Um, yeah. I only, I don't do heavy weights anymore. Now, I say that. So on benching, I'm, I'll bench my weight. Um, which some might consider, but I wouldn't consider that super heavyweight. But it's primarily because of the tendons these days. So right. I think the muscles can handle it. The tendons can't. And uh, my mantra is, you know, no injury is a good day, right? Because if you strain yeah. it, you're out. And now when you're out, it's not a week. It's a month, two months. And I just don't want that downtime. I'd rather do I, less I do worry more. about going much further than where I'm at. I'm pretty happy where I'm at, I guess. But um, it is, you know, you get competitive. You want to you want to do stuff. But I'm doing very low reps. Like um, I work my way up, like, for example, on a squat to my working weight. And then I'll do three sets of five. That's it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's what you want with heavy weights, for sure. Yeah. I, I uh, uh, This weekend, I was, uh, I do this every year. I was emceeing one of my uh, buddy's gymnastics meets about 11 to 1,200 kids out here, and he brings in Olympians. And one of the Olympians, uh, Alex Nador, was here. Uh, he won a great guy. First time I met him, and I've met a lot of Olympians over the years doing this, uh, I'm seeing. But uh, he competed at 139. He's about five, six, five, seven, or whatever. He competed at 139. He's 210. 
He power lifts now. This wow. dude is a hunk. Can you just imagine? Stacked on the muscle. Oh, just just a beast. He's a great dude. But yeah, it's. Uh, you know, you you hear these stories. Uh, I know Jim Arbaugh tells a story uh, when when he's training young young people um, for lifting. He, uh, football players mostly will say, "Drink a gallon of whole milk every day." And if you're young, that just translate direct directly into muscle. Um, if we did that, it would be a scary situation. <laughs> you know, not only for the lactose, but what would happen to our bodies. But yeah, for sure. Well, it, Alex is thirty, so that's a big difference. <laughs> that's a big difference. <laughs> l- l- let me switch gears and ask you, like, um, so it sounds like a lot of the the hobbies that you have now, you've invested in your whole life, right? Yeah. So, well, the one that, the one that I did a lot as a kid. So I started playing classical guitar at eight, and guitar was kind of my fun thing. But I played trumpet all the way through college. I marched in a drum corps across the country and stuff. So that was a big thing, but I haven't played trumpet. Really. That's super cool. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, that was a that was awesome. I mean, can you imagine hopping on a bus every every night. It's a different city. You perform. You hop on a bus. You sleep on a gym floor. You go out. You practice all day, and you perform at night and on to the next city. It, it was one of the best times of my life. But uh, I kind of gave up the trump. Trumpet is it's very difficult. You have to play every day, minimum a half hour, because you lose your embouchure. It's like a muscle, right? Yeah. Uh, but guitar is now something I picked up, and I, I have had a chance to do some small performances and stuff, and I want to do more of that. It's just fun to be out with people. And, and listen, I, I am, I'm no super talent by any stretch, but I, have a, I, I think my knack is making people happy, kind of interacting with them getting them to participate and sing along. And that brings me a lot of joy. And I think it brings that them a lot of joy. Bring that charisma now, out. now I've been putting in about an hour a day practicing again. I'm going to say maybe like adjust your microphone, like a little closer to your mouth. Uh, I don't know if you're seeing a red line on your side, but it's, it's, we'll, we'll see how it goes here, but. Um, yeah. I'll okay. keep an eye on it. Oh, that sounds a lot better. Okay. Okay. Great. So, um, Back to the hobby side here. So you've had a, a number of hobbies for a number of years, and you talked about the classical guitar from eight years old, uh, your time with the trumpet. So you've been a musician for for a long time, and you love that. It sounds like you're. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you, do you feel like with your hobbies you're just chasing mastery, or are you exploring various topics still at this age, or various hobbies? So. Uh, great question, Drew. Here's how I describe myself. I hope this <laughs> doesn't sound braggadocious, but uh, I call myself the 90% kid. Okay. Okay. If I, if I took something up, I took up squash I be, uh, in the Detroit area, which was a pretty strong squash area. It's really popular out east, but we had, you know, with the Detroit Athletic Club, the Birmingham Athletic Club, the JCC where I played out of. Um, I was an A-level squash player. I could play squash with, you know, any of the A players. The real good A players are just going to wipe wipe the floor with me. But I could play, right? I had That's the incredible. skills to play, right? That's a super high was, level. Yeah, I was not the best, but I could play with the A players on my golf. You know, I'm a ten uh, index on golf, which means I, mean, I can. A 10 it's a 10 handicap, basically. You know, they use the index rating now based on the course you're playing. What that means is I can shoot in the high 70s, and I can also shoot 
in the in the low 90s. I can have a good day and a bad day. I need to improve my consistency. But if I was to play with good players, I wouldn't be a distraction to them, right? right. I can bum them so, out, slow them yeah. down. Yeah. So I I can play with that group. Um, you know, uh, music. I am, you know, I admire musicians so much. I was this weekend, uh, I got a chance to see one of my idols play. Uh, I'm out West right now. And this guy blows my mind. I, I've never gotten more of a happy place than when I watch him play. He is a master, a master. And I'm just in awe. And I feel like, God, if I was to step up and play something after that, it would be like, Oh my, it just, it would be like watching a three-year-old yeah. play. Right. right. But the are you formally part, trained like in music theory? Uh, so, you know, being that I played uh, in the orchestra and bands all the way through both in uh, high school and middle school, as well as took some additional things. Um, I have a pretty good basis, but never really broke it down heavily into music theory, but I, I get, I know the basics, and I had a phenomenal teacher who was one of my idols that really set the tone. You know, I think you, uh, throughout life you get a couple teachers that do that. Uh, Mr. Jacoby was one of those for us. Fortunately, he passed away this year. Uh, he influenced so many kids. But, yeah, so he gave us a pretty good foundation. Um, but, you know, like that night we, uh, we listened to this guy playing. It was amazing. The next night I was with the same group of people, and I was playing. But I bring a little bit different you know, feel to it. I, I, I'm able to engage the folks, get them to sing along. And, you know, that's I do correct. my thing. I do my thing. That's so you. that's why I say it's like the 90%. No, I'm a, I'm a master at nothing, uh, but being, you know, myself, I guess. But uh, I do anything I take on, I excel. I mean, you know, from the sales perspective, you've seen me both at two different uh, yeah. you know, Oracle. You, you're and a Microsoft. master. You're not a dabbler. You're yeah. a master. You take it as far as you can. Yeah, but um, but I don't. Here's the difference. I don't pick one thing and want to be the best at it. I definitely prefer having multiple uh, disciplines and being as good as I can be at it. Right. Okay. Great. Um, all right. Well, do you have um, any other hobbies you'd like to dig into in your retirement? Something you haven't done yet? Um. The only thing I've picked up a little bit, I mentioned squash, and uh, that was great. Uh, I have started to play pickleball. And, you know, uh, yeah. living down in Naples, it's the pickleball capital of the world. It's great. There's all different levels. Uh, I'd like to I mean, play pickleball with you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, yeah. I'm playing with uh, – It's I've played doubles, I think, now maybe five times. And, okay. Most people um, play singles, no, no, no. Uh, I prefer to play doubles. I played singles one time. I was so beat up when I got done because, you know, you're running around on those hard courts and, uh, oh my God, my feet, my body. And I get it. I hadn't done that type of exercise. I was just totally abused. But the, the doubles, is, I think, is more fun. But, you know, down here, like you can go to a public court They'll have 20 courts, and you can sign up from zero to three or three to four, five or whatever. You can pick your level. And, you know, I always prefer to play with a little bit better because I think that's how you get better. Right. But Absolutely. really, I don't even – I. this is the weird part. Like, if you said squash or racquetball, I could, I could teach somebody today, and I haven't picked up a racket in years. But the way the game works, the strategy, I could pick that up. And if I just got back on the court besides the fast movement – 
I could get my stroke back and I think I could be okay. Pickleball, I, I don't even, I didn't play tennis. So I don't know the strategy as well. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's different than tennis too. It's yeah. that third ball, right? Yeah, it's it's really different. And so I'm hoping to learn that and it's fun. And I'm hoping my body will allow me to do it. Right, uh, that knee, that, right? That's the thing. Yeah, the knee, the knee, I, uh, I, I kind of, I got to get the MRI. Um, unfortunately, I got to get the MRI. I'm afraid what's going on there. Or I just play it till I can't do it. And then I know I just have to get the surgery. <laughs> I uh, wish you the best there for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Last question in this in this category of hobbies here, uh, Andy. What, what advice would you have for retirees or people that are a few years from retirement about about their hobbies? Uh, I think you need to have at least two, and I think one needs to be physical and one needs to be mental, hmm. because um, even if you remain healthy there's going to be the down days you know hey I'm, I'm planning on going out cycling today and it's pouring down rain not that i've ever ridden in the rain but hey we're not going to do that or golf or whatever so uh so what I think can that's i do sage advice because as you get older you just need that recovery time or there could be an injury as you say yeah and and you know you know people could define hobbies it could be reading mm-hmm. um it could be and the hobby might be i want to learn something new on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. And it could be watching a documentary. It could be reading a book. It could be, um, it could be popping online. I'll tell you what, like, for example, for guitar, uh, I subscribe to this uh, uh, site called Ultimate Guitar. So any song I want to play, you know, uh, I can, if I know the song and someone says, hey, Andy, can you play it? I can pop it up. I can see the chords and the words, and I can get through it instantaneously, Okay. Not That's great. pretty fun. Ultimate yeah, guitar. Ultimate guitar. A fantastic site. But even better than that, when I find one that I think people will enjoy, like I've been dabbling now a little bit more into the country songs because, you know, popular country is getting better. And so if I'm in a, an eclectic group of people, they might want to hear something. So there's a couple of Toby Keith songs that I like. But uh, there's some cool ones. Like I've been trying to play uh, Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And in this site, I can click on a button that says video. And this um, video pops up, and it takes me through it on demand. I can pause it. I can keep practicing. Next thing I know, I, I was, like, trying to learn it. I had looked at my watch. I was working on it for two hours straight. That's priceless to me, to be yeah. able to have a teacher at no additional charge and what I just paid for this site, which is peanuts, quite honestly. It, it's super impressive to hear you talk about your hobbies because you have so many of them, and you're so good at them. I, I feel like I have quite a few, but – I'm not. I'm not at the ninety percent level of probably anything. Um, well, maybe maybe in the tennis area, but I'm. But I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think I've got quite a few, like in that first quadrant, that are maybe I'm at twenty five percent. I feel like with Spanish, um, and then I have some like the windsurfing I've been doing for a decade. I'm probably at fifty percent where I should be. Um, but I, I guess if you take on some tough hobbies, is maybe my takeaway. Then you've got a lot of stuff to work on. Yeah, well, let, let me give you a, a slightly different perspective because I know you, Drew, and I, everything you do, you succeed at. I've known you a lot of years. Uh, and so you're probably selling yourself a little short. Uh, but the other thing is, in our minds, we're still 20-year-olds, right? Mm. And It's a good place to be, right? It, it, it's, first of all, I recommend that. Yes. The thing that you have to realize is you aren't a 20-year-old anymore. 
right. and you know, I I love taking on a twenty year old in anything. I don't care whether it's pickleball or whatever, but we're not. And so, relatively speaking, at for our age, we are probably further along than we think. You and I, in particular, but we aren't where we used to be. And I think that's the difference. So you you have to give cut yourself some slack. Here's the best line that I learned in pickleball: "Great shot." great shot it's like i don't have you're to not gonna run. get everything right you're not yeah. gonna get everything you know I in like squash that. i would run for everything I like and i would i would do it and i could and i could recover now if i did it i'm gonna leave my achilles on the on the court you know right great shot hey it's about having fun and and, and you you do want to play well because that is more fun but you know what i i have I haven't played enough of it to get discouraged at myself. You know, I just like, hey, I'm sorry. Bad shot. Too bad. <laughs> Great shot. Oh, it's all good on that. I like that. All right. Let's um, let's switch, um, Andy, to uh, family and friends. And I know you have a, a ton of friends, but I also know that your wife is your very best friend. How has your relationship changed uh, since retirement? Uh, with my wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great question, Drew. Um, you know, I met my wife in middle school, <laughs> just to give you the background. I had a crush on her in middle school. She was the cute <laughs> cheerleader on the top of the pyramid, right? All five foot cuteness of her. And uh, I literally ran into her the day after our five-year high school reunion, which she wasn't at. <laughs> this was uh, back in the days of Burroughs. I, I went in on a Sunday to work. And uh, I left the office at about 1130 at night. I was getting gas and she was finishing up school uh, in nursing. And I looked behind me and I said at, at the five-year reunion night before, I'm like, where's Lisa? And uh, I looked behind me and there she was. In Yiddish, we call that beshert, meaning it was meant to be. Meant she to be. literally showed up behind me. I'm on pumping gas at 1130 at night. Five you did not miss that opportunity, did you? No, I try to I try to uh, take her for coffee that night. She's like, I got a test in the morning. I got to go. Uh, being the salesperson that I was, I tracked her down at the hospital, uh, found out where she was at, asked her out, and uh, geez, it's what coming up on thirty two years now. Um, but to your it'll point, be uh, thirty two for Jeannie and I too in May. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, it you know it's saying something. What do they say? Fifth mm -hmm. of. 48% of the marriages end in divorce. Hey, um, and, and let's not kid ourselves. There are good times and bad times. And you, you've been with us overseas when, uh, when we've had a, a spat or two. So you always have those. But I think it's an, it's an evolving thing. Uh, I'm still, you know, my perception of my wife is one thing. Her perception of herself is different. Uh, and... I'm learning more, more about that and trying to be more sensitive. Uh, and it's, it's never ending. I think we change, you know, we spend a lot of time together. Isn't that something, even after 32 years together, you're still changing, you're still evolving, you're still learning about each other. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is when you get married, you don't know that person. I mean, maybe today, maybe if you live with them for a couple of years, you see what's going on. But hey, let's face it, in a relationship, everybody's on their best behavior for a long, long time. When you spend 32 years, you, you know the, the good and the bad, you know. Sure. Um, this is something that um, I, 
in, when you talk about lessons learned, whether it's retirement or not, uh, this is something when I've talked with people that have gone through difficult times, and, and, and we have. I mean, we, everyone has their ups and downs. I would say uh, we're, we're blessed. I think our, we've had definitely more ups than downs, and, and, uh, you know, and, and we will be together forever. There's no question about it. But That's wonderful. Um, yep. When you get married or when you're dating somebody, they talk about love is blind or rose-colored glasses. And what that really means is you are only seeing the positive things in that person. Over time, if you get upset with that person for whatever reason, now you start to see that negative thing. Now, maybe everybody else saw that before, but you were in love and all you saw was the positive. So when you get to a point where you have some struggles, I suggest I like to do the pro-con list. And I make a list of all the pros, all the things that I think are wonderful uh, that I, I fell in love with. I hope you that list top secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I like to uh, call out the positive things to my friends about my wife, too. And they sure. see it as well. And then I would say the con things are the things I definitely want to keep secret. But if you then focus on the pros, the con will disappear. So the whole lesson there in that, in that answer is you need to focus on what you want to see, right? It's that law of attraction. If you focus on those positives, you will see the positives and the negatives will wash away. And that, uh, to me, is how you rekindle that relationship. That is- You just mined some gold right there, Tuck. I gotta, yeah. I, I'll cut that out, but you, you, just, you just nailed it. That's a wonderful story. Wonderful yeah. example. Yeah, thanks. That I mean, out of I, I just kind of got chills on it. Out of everything that I could share in this podcast, and we've talked about a lot of things, that's that's the most important thing. Whatever you give your attention to and you focus on, if you focus on the positive of it, and it's even like work. We talked about work. If work is fun and it's positive, it's not work. If your relationship is about seeing the positives in in your you know your special person, it's 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 phenomenal. That's the yeah. gem I think of the whole talk. Really, yeah. I I think that's wonderful. Uh, let me ask you this: so you're spending more time together, right? Um, and uh, I know that uh, sometimes you need space, or sometimes people need a little bit of time uh, on their own. How, how do you manage that in a particular way, or do you give each other space? Have you ever vacation separately from time to time? Uh, how do you manage so, that? Yeah, yeah, great question. So let me just uh, kind of state this: you know me, I I am definitely an extrovert, and my wife is definitely an introvert. Um, even though I give her tremendous credit for the times we do things together because I think she shines in those, I think she can do it all the time. And what I have learned, this is my lesson, is that an introvert, even though they can do that and shine, it is not easy for them. And they cannot do it all the time. So right. I can do it all the time. Not that I don't like alone time, whether it's practicing uh, you know, my instrument or or reading or whatever it is, or binge watching. I like my downtime as well, but I can go all the time. And an introvert cannot do that. Um, so uh, when I, like, I am out west right now with, uh, with one of my best friends, uh, and I do this every year. I emcee that gymnastics meet. I help him in his restaurant. We do some skiing. We have some fun. We hike. We climb. Uh, I always ask her, do you want to come out and do that? And she says, no, she goes, it's too much for me. I said, well, you know, you don't have to do everything. She goes, well, 
yeah, but to come out and just do, you know, one thing, she goes, I'd rather be in my own space because I'm more comfortable in my own space, but she lets me do that. And I think that's the other gem is if she said, no, you cannot go out and do that. You need to sit here with me. We would have been done years ago, right? That would be trouble, right? That, yeah. that would not have worked. Uh, but I, we I get left. that. I, yeah. How does that work I, I for you and Jeannie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, we give each other actually quite a bit of space, even like when we first met and we were, you know, out at a party or something like that. We, we were almost always separate. We'd connect up at part of the time in the party. But um, like right now, this she's out for two days going and visiting her brother um, up north in Michigan. And I went skiing with my buddies twice in February and we're pretty cool with that. And I think it's nice to get that a uh, little bit of a, a break, if you will, a little bit of a chance to reconnect and, and some time. So I'm just curious how everybody manages that space. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, one, one other thing, and, and you've experienced this with me because we have been at multiple formal events together over the years with the wives. I had to learn, and this is the, this is the lesson for those who have a spouse that's an introvert. Um, if I'm at an event and, and you said, you know, you and Jeannie are able to separate and come back and enjoy. If I'm at an event and I, there's a lot of these, we had to work the event, right? We were either with customers or, right. you know, we were yes. networking. I had to learn over the years that I needed to have her be, I had, a, if I was going to leave her and do that, I needed to be very specific. I'm going to go do this. And she was good a little bit by herself, or I would leave her with people she was comfortable with, like maybe you and Jeannie or John and you know Marcy or something like that. And if I did that, that was fine. But I also knew there was a time period there. I needed to get back. So that's the way we, I had to learn that. I did not know that. Uh, and you've seen some situations over there. I had to sure. learn that over time. So that is a lesson for those that are working with the introvert. They are not going to feel comfortable at a party by themselves. You need to make sure that you're kind of checking in and setting the ground rules. I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay, the, thanks for uh, that. Well, one, one other thing is, sure. so you asked, you know, what do we do now? So we do have, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the go during the day and we do something together, like we take the dog to the dog park, which is a lot of fun, or we go on our walks. But I also, you know, when, when I'm out doing golf or cycling, I'm gone for that period of time. So at night, especially in the winter when it gets dark early, you know, that's when we kind of have our time. Uh, together and usually it's just kind of sitting on the couch and we find you know shows that we like to watch and that's kind of how we spend the time together um so and we have shows we have shows we sh we watch together and we have shows that we watch separately so we balance it that way okay great um let's I, i've heard from a number of folks um how things have changed with all their connections with people from work and work colleagues and um how has it been for you to, you know, have you, do you have a lot of connections with people that you used to work with or were you disappointed that some of those relationships didn't continue after you stopped working? What are your, what are your thoughts on that work yeah. network? So, uh, you know, we started working together, geez, over 20, I don't know, 25 years ago, right back in the, over uh, 25. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then the Microsoft days, I am still tight with those people. You know, I think, you know, we, we made it a point to get together for dinner, you know, as a couple. Uh, John, uh, Eric, Dave, uh, Dave and I, we work out together three times a week. You know, we 
we cycle, we've done races together. We help each other out when we have chores that require a second hand. We do dinners together. Um, and, you know, we do that luncheon once a month, which is great. And if you're not aware of it, we'll get you in on it. But um, It's but an we, alumni luncheon, right? It, it's kind of the alumni luncheon. Yeah, and Dave, we get Dave mentioned it to me. Yeah. yeah. And that has been so much fun uh, just to see what's going on and, you know, learning things like – uh, the lessons from retirement, you know, one of the things, some of these guys are so smart, as you know, you know, just talking about different financial plans or what, you know, or tax strategies or health care or, you know, hobbies. I mean, literally this whole podcast is what we kind of talk about right. at lunch and we get to, when, you know, all you need, you pick up one gem and that, that feeds your you know desires for the next month and you kind of work on that. So that's kind of cool. I'd love to be a part of that for sure. Yeah, we'll please invite me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, good. Okay, so a couple more questions in this area. Kind of kind of the big one I have in mind is um I've heard this expression that I really love. And it's uh you know, to make a friend you need to close an eye, and to keep a friend you need to close them both. Which can be kind of a negative side of friendship, but sometimes I think that's very true. And I'd say like what do you value most in friendship? I would say someone that makes you feel at home just by sitting next to them. You don't even have to say anything. You just, you, it, it's just a comfort place. It's a safe place, right? Um, there's no uncomfortable feelings. You can do anything. You can totally be yourself. Um, and you never feel like something's in position. Mm. You could ask him anything. It's like, uh, it, it, it's, it's funny. You know, you talk, talk about the wife, uh, she she has a little bit more reservation about asking people to do things like she kind of evaluates the different levels. And I always err on the side of, yeah, they're a good friend. No problem. Whatever. She's like, no, you can't do that. Maybe I'm maybe, uh, maybe I'm uh, off. But uh, I, I take the chance of um, just, you know. Asking and not feeling like that is an imposition. You're like you the know, activator that will invite and coordinate things and uh, reach for out. For sure. Yeah, or reach out or even or even ask. You know, there, there's a fine line between asking somebody uh, for something. Like a close friend, you, you really don't – you just, hey, I need to borrow this. Boom, you walk in the garage and you grab it and you grab the tool and away you go. You know, uh, I, I, I'm an open book from that standpoint. If anybody needs anything from me um, – you know, for the most part, maybe not, you know, my, uh, my $7,000 bike, but, um, but you know, I, I have, I asked a friend the other day for a $7,000 bike because our friend Dave came down to Florida and wanted to ride and the guy gave He's it to used me. He's riding no a Canyon. You can't give him an old Cannondale. Uh, yeah, I gave him, I gave him a, a specialized, uh, uh, S work. So he was pretty happy with it. But oh, this yeah. is a great saying that I saw at one of my friends. It says, they say a good friend will bail you out. A great friend is in the can with you. I like that one. That's <laughs> a great someone one. That'll drop, or someone that'll drop anything. You know, if, uh, you know, if, if my friend where I'm at right now said, hey, Andy, I need you now, I'd be getting the plane ticket and I'd be hopping on the plane and coming back, right? That, that's, to me, that's, that's a good friend, right? Well, you've got a rich circle there, Andy. Congratulations. I know you Thanks. put a lot of work into it and enjoy it. Well, and I, I'm glad to count you as one of those. Right back at you. Let's switch gears to, to learning here. Um, I, I recently finished this amazing book. It's uh, 
uh, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Not sure if you've heard the story on him, but... Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Yes, great, great Unbelievable. Book, yeah. Yeah. But one, one of my favorite takeaways from him is he said, you know, um, we all spend our lives in our own mind. And the only person that can build your mind is you. Uh, so why not put the time into making it like a really amazing place that you're going to spend the time in? Um, and so I, I, I guess, you know, as a lean, as a, as a question about learning, like what have you done to make your mind like this great place to hang out in, uh, since retirement? Good question. You know, I think I told you when I, when I did retire, I wrote down all the different things that I thought were important between fitness, golf, spiritual music, career investments, house, and learn was one of them. Um, I would say I am probably failing on that a little bit. Uh, I've actually been, I've been more in the doing and then the learning. Uh, my physical time is, is been, uh, you know, used up more so. So, uh, however, the learning on the music, uh, is something that I've done that, that was definitely something I, really feel like I want to become, you mentioned 25% with Spanish and I, I've heard you speak Spanish. You can get by pretty good. I can't get by. I would like to do that. That's, but it's, and you know what? You just need to commit to doing it and I should do it. Driving in the car. You can do Duolingo driving in the car on your phone. Uh, you, know? you, you can. There's also a, a really good program called Pimsler, which is yes. just, it's all spoken. So mm-hmm. it gets you practicing your tongue and, and practicing your ears. And it's not quite as daunting as conversation. But yeah. I was going to tell you too, like Jeannie and I just started this week. Uh, my niece told me about it. There's a service called Lingoda, L-I-N-G-O-D-A. And, you know, you sign up for like a month worth of classes, but it's just a four-person class. It's structured. There's a native uh, language speaker. And the whole class is in the native language and they, they take it through it. So it's, it's conducted via Zoom. So you use audio, video, and, and um, uh, you have all the uh, communication styles. Plus there is a structured template, a PowerPoint, if you will, that you go through. And each level is about 50 of these classes. It's not inexpensive, but it's a commitment. And they do sprints and marathons. Yeah, I think, I think that's the key word is the commitment. So, you know, if I learn it, I think it would be great. Is it really required? No, but to your point, going back to the Uber point of growing your mind, I think growing your mind is key. It worries me a little bit. Uh, someone asked me the other day, they said, well, don't you do, don't you have, you had mentioned a side hustle, whatever. I, I really don't, I, I don't want my mind to go soft for sure. And I think it, it is a, it is a muscle. You need to exercise it. Um, but do I you think read a lot? Uh, so I do. I'm actually reading uh, Atlas Shrugged right now, which you know I've heard about for years. That that book is making me think so much. So, and especially and given our times right now, what's going on in the world, uh, I can't believe that knucklehead over you know overseas there, what he's doing right now. But it makes you think about about things for sure. But I think there's active learning and passive learning. Uh, it's almost like th- this is the example I like to use. Um, being that we were in business and, and I was social, I one of my strengths was learning people's names and learning one tidbit about them. And then you know I could I could do a whole evening event, whether it was more social, more business oriented, and I could come back and remember that. Um, That's a really cool skill. Yeah, that is active 
learning of somebody versus, and this is how bad it gets, Drew, I could, you know, shake somebody's hand and say, hey, my name's John. Great. I could walk away and in 30 seconds not remember that person's name. I We're didn't like that. Though. I, I, yeah, I know. I didn't put it in the active learning category, right? Um, the other thing is, here's another example. Uh, I have watched my buddy at his restaurant give the opening talk and the whole spiel, the dinners, at least 100 times, right? When he is not here and I actually do it, I, I've written out my notes and so forth, but it's amazing how little things I forget because I wasn't doing it. So I think when you are learning, it's really important to learn it and do it. That starts yeah. to cement it as opposed to just, like if, if you just intellectually take it in, it's, it's in, but it's gone. You, I have to put it in the category of memory and i think that's different but i love learning i i i'm inquisitive uh you know we have a friend uh who you who we both work with for years uh dave who is if you had to be stuck on a desert island with nothing that's the guy you want with you you would survive that that uh, guy knows I, more I stuff it's, it's really <laughs> fun to watch him learn and the, i'm looking forward to our conversation on friday as well but like, you know, he's gotten into battery technology and solar cells mm -hmm. and potentially going off the grid with power structures. And at some point he said, yeah, at some point you watch YouTube videos and you study, but at some point you got to get your hands on it and learn first principles, how efficient it is and, and what works and what doesn't, where you lose heat, you know, how long these batteries hold a charge. And I, I, I like that. I haven't really thought about that because um, I'm probably too passive with a lot of my learning. And yeah. You do have to push yourself. I think it is active and passive. And, and is, is it important to you? It, just a side note on that. When he was uh, down in Florida, he actually met with our other friend, Jerry, and that was their conversation. So he is primed to have that conversation with you on Friday, I'm sure. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Look forward to it. Um, and any last advice for, for folks that are retired and maybe, you know, haven't, haven't pushed that learning as much as they hope to what would you advise them to do oh i i i think it kind of falls into that hobby so maybe that's the third hobby you know one physical one just for fun that's maybe not physical and then one that's more intellectual stimulating keep that brain going because it is the muscle you don't want to lose it it, it happens anyway i think you you and i have experienced it i call it the sure. 45 second rule uh, we've all walked into the room and wondered, what did I walk into that room for? We've all had the glasses on our heads and whatever glasses. Uh, it's, it, I never thought it would be me. I got to be a hundred percent honest with you. I thought I would, you know, the 90% kid, I thought, no, I'm not going to have the aches and pains. I take care of myself. I eat well. I'm not going to have the memory. I'm not going to have saggy skin. I got that going for me. Um, uh, you know, mother nature's mother nature. And uh, you do what you, you do the Your best. Rules. Yeah, you do the best you can do. You do what you can do, and then you just got to be happy with where you're at. <laughs> I, I love that too. Thank you for that, Andy. I tell you what, I'm going to take away that. You know, it's probably going to be more than one physical for me, but something in the physical realm. You know, something in the intellectual realm. That's. Um, you know, a hobby, and then something that 
is slightly different than the intellectual or the physical, but you're learning something new and you're stressing yourself to learn, remember um, something, something new. And it could be combined with the first two, yeah. but I think that's important. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the other one that kind of, well, you, you've mentioned three. So the, uh, the four corners of the table then would be spiritual and everybody has a different level on spiritual um, uh, whether it's traditional religion as to whatever that is, or whether it's more, uh, just more on the spiritual side. And I, I definitely see him as two. I think traditional religion is very, uh, very man constructed, a lot of, you know, practices and, and so forth, where I think spiritual is personal. It's your connection with, with the higher power, uh, that you can do every single day. It's always with you. The more you're in tune with it, the more your life falls into place. So I think that's the fourth leg of the of the uh, table. Excellent. Okay, let's finish up with some uh, final rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, what's your What's your morning routine like? Uh, okay, depending on the day, and they alternate. So. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is cycling, okay? Uh, all different levels, which is great, meaning some I know, like Saturday's going to be, could be 50 to 100 miles. I know that's the whole morning. It's going to be intense, right? Big day. Monday's a recovery day. I know it's going to be easy. I can do it whether I'm feeling good or whether I'm feeling bad, I can do it. So that's those days. Um, I, the other is the golf. So uh, golf is Wednesday, Friday morning, but I've also added, because Monday and Thursday are, are a little bit lighter cycling, I've now added Monday and Thursday to play golf. And I play with some amazing guys. One's 80, one's 83. Just absolute gems. I've known one since I was 12. One I just met. He was a he was an NHL so cool. uh, hockey player. The guy shoots two over par from the same tees I shoot at. He's 80 years old. He's amazing. Uh, I love, you talk about learning. I love learning from these guys. Uh, you know, so golf is the other thing. The rest of the day then falls into playing with the dog, doing the honeydews, you know, whatever the honeydews are. A buddy of mine who retired told me, he goes, Andy, he goes, he goes, uh, you know, going to the post office and dropping off a package is a to-do for the day. And, you know, when you're working and taking care of the kids and all that, you squeeze that in and you're, you run in and you run out. He goes, you don't care if it takes you, if it's, you know, 15 minutes to post office, but it takes you 25 to traffic's there, or you're standing in a line, you don't care. It's just, you just needed to get it done. So I've that's experienced it. that. It's so nice to not <laughs> have that time pressure and to be able to get that done. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, and then the evenings is, is really when I, I spend time with, you know, my wife. And um, whatever it is, uh, you know, there's always, you know, these, it, you joke about it when you get older, whatever, but the meals and the weather are always a part of the day. You know, what's going on with those? What are we having for dinner? But then it's just kind of downtime. Um, I do, I add lifting in on a couple of the days. I, I usually get stretching in every single day, especially after cycling, I have to stretch. And then I add lifting in about three days a week. On Sundays, I go and I swim. I like to swim twice a week, but I swim on Sundays. Then I practice golf in the afternoon, and then I've only done it twice. Believe it or not, since I've you been are down, a busy guy. Yeah, since I've been down in Florida since um, since November, I've only literally sat at the pool, just sitting out doing nothing twice. 
we've been that busy. The other little thing is we are uh, starting a remodel on our house. And so we, we're spending a lot of time going to stores, picking out all that stuff. It, that yeah, is training and taxing. But yes. it's fun, and that will set up, you know, one of the things, two things that I wanted to do in retirement was, A, find a golf club and find the house that we wanted to be at. We decided to stay at the house we're at, but we're going to redo it to our liking. We can stay there, you know, for the rest of our days. And, it's a good uh, feeling. Well, it was, it was mind clearing. My God, when you have that up in the air, that's tough. You know, we talk about the finances. Yeah, you want the finances to be there, but once you lock that down and if, if you have those major ticket items already paid for you can roll with everything else as long as Enjoy your health is good yeah exactly very good okay um so rapid fire on these maybe like right. a, a minute each on these um okay. any family best practices that are part of your family culture that you that you want to share um i think we're a little bit weak on that in our family we we, we look at every day as um as we have the time to do it. So we just do things when we want to do them. So if someone needed a birthday gift and it wasn't their birthday, we get it early. We want them to have it. So that's different <laughs> than traditional. So that's okay. kind of the way we roll, right? Oh, that's fun. I like that. So when you find the gift that's just perfect for them for their birthday, if it's a month away, they get it early. They get it early. Or if, they, it or, or if they need it, right? Hey, their phone dies. All right. Well, guess what? Here's your birthday present. You just got the new phone or whatever. I like that. Okay. Let's, let's say... Um, Let's say you didn't need any sleep and you got that extra time each day. Where would you put that extra time to use? What would you do with it? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, probably reading and practicing my music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, investing in that. Some, some restful, restful enjoyment there. Okay. Um, if you had a do-over in your career, what would it be? I, you know, I thought about that. I, I really loved what I did. I think it suited me well. Uh, I, w I would say this. I, I'm, a, um, I'm a sprinter and a relaxer, a sprinter and actor. So uh, as you know, I used to put on the events for us. Mm -hmm. That was intense, right? It took a month of planning. It was intense the times that we did it. And then I'd have a downtime. So I, I really loved what I did. I, I think it used, utilized all my strengths. I think uh, I excelled in it. Um, I, I was happy. That's it. I, I don't think I would have done no, anything else. Okay. Yeah. No do-overs. Good. Um, what wisdom would you like to pass along to your great-grandchildren? I think the golden rule, you know, do unto others is, uh, and, and do what's right and then love and enjoy. Don't sweat the, the small stuff. Um, take your time on major decisions. You know, don't jump into them. But remember, after you make that decision, there are no wrong choices. And that really means just follow your gut. Those, those are the items that I, I think are really key. That's uh, beautiful. I, I know you've spoken about the, uh, the meaning of life earlier in this, in this talk, but maybe you could just expound on your, your point of view on the meaning of life. Yeah, I kind of uh, draw the meaning of uh, life from my spiritual studies, and it really comes down to joy. I, and it goes back to uh, kind of those lessons I passed along. Uh, I don't really believe there is the right and wrong. You need to be uh, you need to be in alignment with your inner being. And here's how you know whether you're in alignment with your inner being. If you go and do something and you're getting a stomachache because you're doing it. You're probably not in alignment with your inner being. 
So your body is telling you what's right or wrong, and uh, uh, and it's kind of a heart, head, physical thing. It all goes together, and um, and I think you just need if you follow that, then you'll you'll be happy. Very good. Final question: What are you most thankful for? I would say my my immediate family and my friends because my friends over the years have led me to the directions that I needed to learn. So I had friends that guided me into the right spiritual path, which set me up for that. And um, but I, I really think it's it's family and friends. I, I'm a very people person, and uh, as I said. Sitting in the room doing nothing with the people I love is emotionally charging, and it's something I could do. So that, that's a that's a great finish for this talk. Um, you know, Andy, I, I I knew you were the guy I wanted to talk to first about <laughs> this, <laughs> and uh, I've I've taken a ton away from it. It it's it's fun to um, just chat with people that have lived such a well rounded life and are thoughtful about it and um are kind and 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 put full energy into things so i just want to say i appreciate you yeah well thank you drew i i appreciate you as well you know one last thing is you know i look at i've had great mentors and i look at other people that um that uh i see doing for others and so forth and i like doing for others i wouldn't say that's my number one thing but I think I want to do maybe more of that because I do see, sure. see see the examples. But you know, I even wrote a song about what uh, you know what it's what it was going to be like in retirement, and um, it it really came down to helping others experience joy, uh, and whatever that is, whether it's you know financially, spiritually, spending time. I think that. And some say that's selfish. But, you know, that, that's a nice twist on the meaning of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, some say, well, no one does anything that's not selfish because even if you help somebody else, you get a good feeling about it. Is that selfish? Then you only do good things because you want to feel better. I don't look at it that way, but some people have raised that argument before. But I, I think um, we, we've all I, – I think giving gives you a better feeling than receiving. I've always loved to give that more than receiving. Hmm. Well, you know, I think that's something that you can uh, take with you and um, and bring that to your years going forward for sure. Yeah, I can always improve on that. So, hey, buddy, it's been great. Uh, look forward to more years it. spending yes. some of our free time together, maybe hitting the beaches of Mexico again. <laughs> Holy smokes. Did you actually make it to the end? Well, congratulations and thank you. I'm really curious for your feedback, so please drop me a note at storiesformretirement at gmail.com. And in closing, I'd just like to thank Andy for sharing so openly and um, for being a great example for all of us. All right, until next time, signing off, Drew.